Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Division Three basketball show, Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Sectional weekend is complete, and it was a thriller of a weekend. I uh, just got back myself from um, Marietta just uh, a few hours ago, driving across the country. Losing an hour on the weekends of Division Three basketball tournaments, by the way, is one of the worst things in the world. Uh, thank you so much, Congress, for changing the time zone or the uh, the um, uh, daylight saving system. We can get into a whole argument about why it doesn't really work, and those that they argue it, it works for don't want it in the first place. But eh, we're talking basketball here. But I always lose an hour, whether it be this weekend or Salem weekend. Um, it, and, and when you're traveling, it's a killer. It's an absolute killer. Um, so nonetheless, back a bit exhausted, but a thrilling weekend of basketball nonetheless. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, which gets us to our next point. Let us know if you enjoyed it. Tweet us, Facebook us, email us, send a carrier pigeon if you need. I'm not sure how you send a carrier pigeon to us, but we would hope you, if you have one, maybe consider it. Twitter and email and all that stuff at the bottom of your screen at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville on the Twitter address. Email is Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Of course, we're simulcasting the show and you can ask us questions there. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. It's uh, a nice way of doing it and we would hope you'll take advantage of it. Uh, lots to talk about. One thing I will start with is, well, there's a couple things to start with, to be honest with you. First and foremost, um... We talk about hosts and and what chances they may have to get onto the NCAA tournament final weekend. What are the percentages? Many people think the hosts have an unfair advantage. I think the average on both men and women in modern history, or at least somewhat modern history, is 47%. So of the four hosts, total of eight each year, little under half of them get on to onto Salem on the men's side and the women this year, Grand Rapids, about two or less. This year, just one team on the men's side got through. Um, there were just two playing for the opportunity on Saturday. Two of them got knocked out on Friday. And then on the women's side, all four were in play on Saturday with a chance to move on to Grand Rapids, and just two got through. Now, there is certainly a lot to be said about those dynamics of how those turn out. But upsets certainly play a role in that. Nonetheless, um, a thrilling weekend uh, of basketball in the men's and women's bracket, to say the least. Uh, let's talk about who we've got coming up before we dive too much further into um, those events, as it were. Uh, tonight coming up, uh, a diverse show, let's call it. One of the rare times... When we when we book guests on Hoopsville during the tournament, there's a lot of things we take into account. But one of those things I'm always looking at is, can I risk and gamble and have new teams or teams we haven't talked to still available next show or in uh, Sunday and a Thursday case? Which one can we talk to? Which one's easiest? Which one's the story now? Which one will be the story later? But on Thursday, a part of that, though, is, okay, we've got X amount of teams alive. We can't talk to all of them, and we don't want to talk to all of them because we want to talk to some teams later. Who can we kind of gamble on? 
on the women's side, for example, Tufts and and Wash U, looking at that, along with Scranton uh, and uh, and Whitman. No, 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 not Whitman. Um, Oshkosh. We had talked to Oshkosh. We had talked to Scranton. We knew it was a win-win. We're going to get one of those coming out, uh, Tufts or Wash U. But on other ones, we're gambling. And this year is one of those rare occasions where we pretty much had talked to most of the teams. We talked to Williams just on Thursday, for example, on the men's side. Um, we had we had uh, talked recently to some other teams. So it was, we actually didn't have a lot of choices. So we kind of shook it up a little bit. First and foremost, we will talk to Whitman. I was at Marietta, and I got a chance to then talk to Eric Bridgeland one-on-one. Um, there after their incredible weekend at Marietta. So they'll be coming up. Gordon talked to um, one of the players involved in the Augustana series. And by the way, hats off to Augustana, uh, to say the least, getting on to the tournament. Uh, Gordon Mann has an interview coming up with Jacob Johnson from Augustana. Then on Amherst's side, we changed things up. We talked. We just talked to G.P. Gromacki not that long ago. So we talked to Hannah Hackley. The junior guard will join us to talk about not only the team, from her point of view, maybe their rival Tufts on the other side of the bracket as well, but also it's about student-athletes. We'll talk to her about a great story Matt Noonan did for D3Hoops.com earlier this season about her um, internship slash volunteerism with a group in and where she went to Costa Rica with a teammate. We'll talk to her coming up and, of course, the experience in going back to the championship weekend. We will switch gears a little bit and go to the NA and talk to Charlie Brock from Springfield Men's Basketball. He is on the NABC uh, Board of Directors, one of three Division Three coaches on that um, on that group. We'll talk to him about the upcoming All-Star Game taking place in Salem. They've made a few changes, and we'll talk to him about that. Um, not necessarily selections. I don't think the selections are official. Some selections have been leaked out, and some schools have announced them, but the official uh, selections, I don't believe, have been made. Usually they, they finalize things and then finally on Monday announce who the teams are. Uh, then we'll get back into the uh, into the teams. We'll talk to Stephen Brennan at Babson. We actually talked to them a, a while ago after their double overtime thriller against Amherst, and so we hadn't talked to Babson all season. This is a case of where we won, and so Babson... We'll be on the show. Coach Brennan will join us. And then Tufts. Uh, we hinted at that. We were a win-win with Washu or Tufts. We will talk to Tufts women's head coach, Carla Baruby about yet another championship weekend for the Jumbos. That's all ahead here on the show, plus your questions as well. Again, a thriller of a weekend, to say the least. Um, I'm just realizing we we i got to go fix something here. <laughs> we forgot to put this on the front page of D3Hoops.com. Uh, we will do so as we speak. But another thriller of a weekend. Uh, and and this is what's been great about the, the, the tournament so far is we've had great basketball in both the men's and women's across the board. There's been nothing, um, I don't want to say disappointing, but yeah, we've had our occasional blowouts. We've had our occasional games that, that haven't been in the mix. But we've had less of those, it feels, than we've gotten normally. Um but we've gotten some great stories uh, along the way. Uh, for example, Keene State knocked off Christopher Newport in the round of 16 to move on, knocking on the door of going to Salem. I mean, that's one game better than they did last year in their in their surprise run. Uh, it's absolutely tremendous. Um, 
Another thing that was pretty, you know, and yes, Babson kind of rolled him over. That kind of reminds me of Scranton back in 2012, though I don't think Scranton necessarily was uh, as much of an underdog slash Cinderella. Um, maybe others could argue with me on that. Scranton certainly had a good team that year. Um, but reminded me in the sense of the run that they made uh, to get to where they did, and then Cabrini just unceremoniously punting them out of the tournament. Uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of what happened to Keene. Ran out of gas against a really good Babson squad, and 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 there as you go. Um, so unfortunate, but still a pretty good run nonetheless. Um, and to get to that round and to beat a really good Christopher Newport team and basically expose Christopher Newport. We've been talking, I think, if you've paid attention to me on this show about, you know, is Christopher Newport as good as advertised? And, and my concern that maybe, just maybe, we weren't seeing the entire picture, and, and and they weren't playing like we expected them to play. I, I McFarland didn't be didn't seem to be having a solid a season. It was putting a lot of pressure on Daly inside, and I thought Daly was having some trouble. A little bit of what AJ Edwards was dealing with at Marietta this season, and just that Daly isn't a five to me. He's more of a four, and it didn't. It felt like he needed to play five, whereas for. Uh, Marietta Edwards is a four, but having to play a five, and and I think it just exposed Christopher Newport. Keene State came in with a terrific lineup. Ryan Kane is proving he's a pretty solid coach for Keene State. I hope you can hold on to him. I have a feeling there are bigger and brighter things for Ryan Kane somewhere down the road. Though he's in his technically his first year as head coach, he was interim head coach the year before. Nonetheless, hats off to them. Um, and, and they got on and Babson. Uh, then took on, um, well, they took on Keen is what I'm trying to say. They got past Tufts in the in the round of 16. You know, a good battle there. I think some thought Tufts had a chance there. I think Babson showed its strength. Remember, a year ago, Babson was in a similar situation, but Flannery had injured himself in the first round of the tournament, and that really affected Babson. Otherwise, this could be a third trip in a row to Salem for Babson. That's how good they have been. Instead of it's a second trip in three years, um, you also have uh, some tremendous runs. Uh, Williams, I mean seriously, Williams has done a couple things here. First, as the sixth seed in the NESCAC, they got to the title game, lost, then qualified for the NCAA tournament, and have made the most of that. I think the win over Middlebury is the most impressive, only because Middlebury had been on a tear. Um, the Middlebury absolutely had blitzkrieg some teams and had rolled over Endicott. It wasn't even a game. It was up 40 at one point before winning by 29. Just an amazing run for Middlebury since they lost their leading scorer who transferred to the Skyac. Um, just amazing. So to see Williams go into Pepkin Gymnasium, and 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 go toe for toe and be in control late. Granted, neither team, as <laughs> I saw one of our guys post, neither team seemed to, seemed to want to win this game. Um, but to be able to go in there and do that, impressive. So, but well, but Williams sets the the record in Division Three now of their eighth championship, or I should say, semifinals appearance. There are three others with seven. But I did the homework earlier. Williams is the only team with eight. Um, the others with seven, Wittenberg, seven visits. 
Just one national title, though. Um, let's see. Amherst was seven. Got there last year with seven. Uh, of course, Amherst has two national titles. Uh, and there's another team I'm forgetting. Well, Williams, technically. Uh, Williams had seven. Now they have eight. And what makes Williams very much similar to Wittenberg is that Williams also only has one national title. Um, so Williams moving on to their eighth, the only team to do that in Division Three men's basketball history. Certainly impressive, to say the least. And then on the other side, Whitman had some games with in front of them. Harden-Simmons, they were leading by 18. Eight minutes left to go in the first half. Leading by 10 at halftime. Harden-Simmons comes out on a tear and ties the ball game. And I thought to myself, ooh, we got a game. Harden-Simmons is shooting 67% halfway through the second half for the game. And had turned the ball over more times than any coach wants to see. And they're still in it. At one point, down 10 and shooting 67%. Uh, eventually, turned the ball over 30 times. 30 times, Harden-Simmons turned the ball over, including 17 in the first half. They were way too laissez-faire with the ball in the first half. Um, and Harden-Simmons ended up winning by 20. That score is a little deceiving, and they basically pulled it out in the end. Harden-Simmons gave him a game, and Whitman spoke highly of Harden-Simmons. Though that 2-2-1 against Harden-Simmons had the Cowboys just reeling. In the meantime, Rochester then knocks off Marietta in front of an incredible gymnasium. They delayed the, the times. It was a 5 and 5.30 and 8, or 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock starts. And an hour before game time, I come out of the media room and the place is already full. There isn't a seat to be found. Nobody's coming in. It is full an hour before game time. Um, that's a heck of an atmosphere, and congratulations, Marietta. But Rochester played a heck of a game. Um, Marietta led by 11. Or Rochester led by 11 in the first half. Marietta then came back and took the lead in the second half by as many as 11 before Rochester came back and eventually won the game. And then a thriller of a game at the uh, in the sectional championship between Whitman and Rochester, back and forth. Roch Whitman, believe it or not, only led by four or maybe six is the most. Rochester in the second half got up by 11. And in the last 12 minutes, it wasn't a bigger spread than four either way. It was an amazing game. Rochester Marietta, I said this game was insane. Rochester Whitman took it to the next level up. The only disadvantage was the crowd wasn't there. Now, hats off to some Marietta fans. They did show up and saw, saw a good game, but it just wasn't the same atmosphere, and it certainly wasn't as bad as round two last year, but an incredible atmosphere nonetheless. So congratulations to everybody um, who had a tremendous weekend. It was fun across the board. We will recap the women a little bit more later in the show, but we got to get going here to get to our next guest. Um, coming up, we have a couple pre-tape segments. My segment with Coach Bridgeland out at Whitman. The team is, by all accounts, unless something changed, flew back today and will fly out to Salem. Didn't They didn't know about what George Fox did a couple years ago, going to Hope and then on to Calvin. Not sure if they still would have done that. Uh, Coach Bridgeland said he wanted to get home for his son's fifth birthday today. Can't blame him there. Um, but nonetheless, we'll see how that affects them in Salem. But we talked to Coach Bridgeland coming up. Then Gordon Mann talks to uh, Johnson, uh, Jacob Johnson, as we mentioned, at Augustana. 
Then we'll come back and we'll get into our live interviews as well. But you're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. A lot to talk about. Again, you can interact with us. You can hear my voice is a little worn out. It was fun to call some games this weekend. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, calling some more in Salem. But in the meantime, let's get going with our interviews, shall we? Coming up, I do talk to Eric Bridgeland, head coach of the undefeated Whitman Blues. They are just in their second NCAA tournament appearance ever, and they are the first Northwest team to get to Salem for in ever. 30, first team in 35 years for a West Coast team to get to the championship weekend. And they're still undefeated at 31-0. That's coming up next. You're watching Hoops. So back with more after this. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoops Hill as we get things going with our first interview. I'm obviously in Marietta. I'm not back in the studio. We'll be back there with more interviews tonight as we get ready for the championship weekend. But I am joined by Eric Bridgeland from the number one ranked, still undefeated, Whitman Blues. And that is key because, well, I said it on the broadcast. The impossible is possible. Not only is a Northwest team here, but you're still undefeated and you're going to Salem. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, ridiculous. Uh, you know, <laughs> who would have thought? You know, um, I'm so proud of our guys. Uh, to in, in you know, they embraced coming to Marietta, and and uh, making the most of that trip and and uh, battling um, uh, a great team. You know, uh, last night and then uh, turning around and, and uh, playing uh, Rochester might be the best team we played all year, um, and uh, not uh, playing well mostly because of them, and uh, finding a way. And and uh, you're in the Final Four. It's like uh, you know, first team in 35 years from the West. So for us, yeah. it's, it's like surreal. It's yeah. crazy. 
Well, and you just came on the scene, let's be honest, nationally, a year and a half ago, or, or a season and a half ago, really, yeah. just over a year ago. We knew you were in the Northwest, and we knew you were fighting with Whitworth. We had seen you at the D3Hoops.com Classic, but you hadn't made a national splash until about January or so of last season. Then you get to the NCAA tournament, you make a splash there, hey, it's great. You're undefeated still. You're going to Salem. I mean, this is on another level, and it's <laughs> it happened quick. Ridiculous. You know, uh, we, we made the schedule, and, and uh, you know, like um, everyone says, uh, it, when, when you're in the West, you have to try to get out and play people, right. you know, and, and uh, going to Daytona and playing Marietta there, um, scheduling Wooster. And, and uh, for us, you know, those are monster programs, you know. Yeah. So, and we don't have a senior, so I'm like, well, uh, you know, maybe, we'll lose. maybe it's too tough, but it'll serve us next year, you know. Then you look up, and then all of a sudden you're playing Whitworth for a third time in the championship, and you win in overtime, and you might have to play him a fourth time, and and all of a sudden you're in the final four. I don't know what the you know uh, our guys are just uh, they're they're doing it the right way. Um, we had five guys with midterms yesterday. I mean, I mean, you know, it, yeah, three. that's division three, and and so uh, they might have been more rested uh, today than they were yesterday, you know, with the travel and, and the midterms. So uh, we're just soaking up every bit of it. He did say they have no seniors. That'll be a theme we talk about in Salem, win or lose, certainly. But let's back up to Friday night real quick. You're up on Harden-Simmons in the first half by 18. You have you've kind of bopped them on the nose. They do not like the pressure. You have forced 17 turnovers, and things are looking good. And they come roaring back to start the second half and tie the ball game. Was there any concern? I know you're going to tell me no, but, I mean, they made a big comeback to get back in that game. They did, you know, uh, like the way that I look at it, um, and the, what we talk about all the time is that's the beauty of the Division Three tournament is you got three quarters of the teams are champions, yeah. you know, uh, um, in some capacity. Right? Yeah, you yeah. know, and and so it's champions battling it out. Everyone's gonna fight. There's no easy game, you know. So when they made a run, you're like, okay, uh, you know, we we got to make ours too, hopefully. And you know, it's it's like being down ten a night or twelve, whatever we were, you know, and and then battling and making our own run. So we expect tough, grinded out games. Our our conference has gotten better and really served us well uh, in the postseason. We've played so many different styles, so many battles where we've been down and had to figure it out. So, you know, uh, for us it was like, well, they're making a run. What's going on? Are we getting good shots? Are we, you know, are they doing something uh, different? And so we, we just stuck with what we do and, and uh, hope, for the, hope for the best. If that's not coach, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. We're cheating and moving the camera <laughs> slightly as coach is trying to leave me. Um, to follow up on that, though, Tonight, you're up 11, or no, you're up four in the first half at one point, tight game. You come out, second half, try to bop Rochester on the nose, and their response is, oh, thanks, and go up 11 on you. And all of a sudden, I'm sensing, oh, wait a minute, you guys haven't been in this boat often, if right. ever, this season. Right. What was the thinking on the bench? And you can, you can be honest with our crowd. <laughs> you know, uh, we're thinking as a staff, you know, if we can hit two shots in a row, uh, you know, we like the shots yeah. we're getting. You know, and, and uh, we just cannot make a shot. So you're going, you know, if we're not going to make a shot, it's not going to work anyway. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, for us, we just kept looking up going, you know, boy, we're only down 11. Uh, we're only down seven, you know. And, and I remember going, we're only down five? And it felt like we're down 20. And, and we really felt like we hadn't played well yet, you know. Uh, we were fouling too much, and they're getting to the line, and they're hitting a three, and, and we can't buy a three, and yet we're still in the game, you know, and, and we're not playing great. So from our perspective, and, and there's a 10, 11 minutes left, uh, you know, there's no worry, you know. Uh, we, we haven't worried about anything all year. Even when we were down, we were down 10 at uh, Linfield, and we're laughing in the huddle going, you know, 
<laughs> can we figure this out or what? Let's make it right. You know, no, but that's the truth. Yeah. You know, th there's no coaching move other than we're just having fun and enjoying each other and seeing if we can figure it out. Well, the funnier part was Harden Simmons was shooting 67% at some point yesterday oh. and down 10 to you. In the second half, they were shooting 67%. Uh. In this game, you guys then ran into some foul trouble. That was the next kind of challenge. Yeah. You, yeah. Your two bigs pick up four fouls. Yeah. Your main kind of, I, I wouldn't say off guard or on guard, but you know Butler picks up four fouls. Yeah. And now you He's really turn into a man management game with seven and a half minutes left to go. Yeah, no, and, and um, you know, uh, Austin made a great comment is we're really deep, you know, we, we play nine or 10, we could probably go 12, 13, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, for us, it, it was, you know, how do we manage it a little bit, get Andrew Harvey in and give our force, you know, uh, but the big one was Austin. Austin's one of our, our, our wrecking balls. So it was a matter, a matter of making sure he didn't foul out somehow. Yeah. And he's been playing in foul trouble all season long. So he's very smart about taking the right angles and not reaching when it's that time when you do have four. So, uh, you know, for us, it was, uh, making sure that um, if he's in, can we rest Tim at the same time? You know, he took a knee to the thigh there, yep. and like, okay, take out Austin, put back in Tim and manage it a little bit. And But that's nothing new, you know. We've been doing it all year. It doesn't matter if it's here or if it's at home or, you know. So when you guys go deep on the bench anyway, it's not like you – you yeah. just had to go maybe a little bit deeper yeah. in that point in the game than you normally would have. Yeah, Andrew Harvey has been doing that for us all year long. He's been solid from almost – the first practice, I mean, he's been a, a clinic defensively. He boards. He knows what we're doing. Um, so from our standpoint, it's a it's a matter of minutes with him, you know. I, I mean, you're going to play f four or five guys, eight guys, you know. So uh, he could play at any time, you know. So it's a matter, okay, can we get a couple minutes out of Andrew, uh, maybe two or three, and then get JoJo back in and see, you know. And he did a great job. And then JoJo came in motivated and got us another couple of possessions with some offensive rebounds and, you know, and, and then a stop. And so, yeah, we have so much faith in our roster. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect, but they'll fight through it, then whatever. We're uh, detached from the outcome. So. so what was the key in getting back in this? I mean, it was a four-point game, no more than that for either team for well, 12 minutes, well, but it was what. tough. Uh, you know, um, Tim Tim struggled. Tim Howell, who's you yes. know, a uh, probable All-American player here in a conference. I mean, you know, he's a wrecking ball, you know, uh, and so is Austin. And, uh, you know, he hadn't shot it well all game. And, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what he hit, three out of five, four out of five. He had a three, another three, and then a bucket in the lane. So he got going. Uh, and then when he went out, we just got the ball to Austin, you know. And, and he's, if he just wheels and deals, and all of a sudden you have a shot, as simple as that is, you know, spacing and you get guys in places. So getting those two guys more involved offensively um, and in a comfort, like not changing a play every time. Um, we had one way we were playing. And uh, well, actually two ways with Tim or Austin. And we just kind of rode that a little bit. And we ended up getting some pretty good shots. If you have one, fell, you know? if you have one weakness, Rochester almost exploited it at the end, putting Austin on the line. Here's the deal. I'll tell you right now. And you're going to think I'm crazy. Well, it's 42% free throw shooter in case anybody didn't know. But go ahead. No, here's the truth. I'm going to give you the truth. Yeah. Right, right. Like, it's not like we don't know that they're going to try to foul Austin, oh, right? absolutely right. We, we gave him the ball. <laughs> He's one of our wrecking balls. No, I'm telling you right now. That's awesome. Tim and Austin, That's you know, awesome. if the game is on the line, guess what? You know what? So be it. But those guys have helped, got, or, uh, helped get us here. You know what? We'll go down with those guys. You know, and, and stats are a little bit deceiving. You know, sure. um, Austin was nine night. for ten. Yeah. So you know what? We have so much faith in our guys that uh, we don't even blink at that. You know, now foul shooting. You say, okay, what's your? Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, we were uh, 17 for um, 22 last night, and we were like, hey, this is the greatest <laughs> game ever. We actually hit foul shots. You know. Yeah, no. Um, but you know, that's something that we work on all the time. Um, and sometimes I go, sometimes I don't.
You know? uh, and he missed his two. I mean, were you feeling it on the sideline going, geez, we've just, we're giving Rochester another chance? Or is it more you had res- confidence in your defense? Uh, we have confidence in Austin Butler. You know, uh, he's, he's uh, one of our wrecking balls. And, and if we go down with him, we go down with him, you know. Um, and uh, Joey Hewitt. Yep. You know, and that sounds crazy. Well, he's 42. You know what? That's how we roll. It's almost like the Seahawks, you know, yeah, when they threw the, the pick. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, but uh, <laughs> Joey Hewitt got us a great hustle play, offensive rebound yeah. on, on that play uh, that I probably won the game, you know, or like, like a play late that was critical. Uh, you know, so uh, just faith in our guys. Faith in our guys. Interesting enough, that offensive rebound to keep it alive was what Rochester did the night last night to beat Marietta. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, that, that was crazy. Scenario. Crazy. You know, those are the plays that I'm um, tilted. You know, like in the second half, I think we had nine offensive rebounds. Yeah. And, you, and you go, you know, how can that be? You know, uh, we, we had to pick it up a little bit. Um, in terms of possessions, we were up there. You know, so, uh, yeah, we, we, we found a way. That's the yeah. deal with this team. They just find a way. So, we're moving on to Salem, believe it or not. You're undefeated. You'll play BAPS, an interesting matchup for us uh, uh, you know, on the <laughs> sideline. We like the former one taking on the number one. Um, but you are heading to Salem. You do have this opportunity now. I know you told me in the press conference, this is just about having fun. You clearly are all having fun. But you have gotten to Salem. That's got to mean a lot for this program. It's got to mean a lot for the school. Oh, it's great. I mean, um, each step has been, you know, like first, like uh, uh, last year when we beat Whitworth, that was a big deal, you know, Um, and then we made it in the tournament and they made some noise, you know, Um, that's a big deal. Uh, Win the conference, regular season and the tournament championship. That's a big deal. You know, uh, so many firsts for uh, this program, you know, and our guys, Uh, and now you're in the final four, you know, I mean, first, Harden-Simmons, you find a way to get them, and then you're playing Rochester, and like you said, you're down, and then we get that, and we're going to the Final Four. You go, well, is it different? Uh, it's It's been different every step of the way. There's no yeah, that's regular, true. That's true. you know. So uh, for us, I can tell you, we're going to keep enjoying it, yeah. and, and uh, we're going to um, look at Babson. I have no idea other than Flannery scoring 1,000 <laughs> points a game. You know, I mean, I know. like they you always. that, you got how on your team. Th- that too. <laughs> you know, uh, they grind out games and win. I, you know, I've got so much respect for uh, them, and so uh, – we're excited to um, take a look at them and then get out here and see what we can do. I mean, you know, all good. Well, I congratulate you guys. It's It was amazing to watch these games here. Um, I, I know you'd already faced Marietta in the season. Now, a lot of people thought that would be the matchup, but you got a good one in Rochester. I congratulate you guys. You guys battled here, and you really proved yourselves. Yeah, you know what? Um, that's Those are the ones that are more satisfying than 20 points or 30 yeah. points. You know, like uh, when you're down, you find out, you know, what you got. And um, our guys, even though we've won some big games by large margins, when they've been down, they figured it out. And so to go like this um, in that battle of a game, uh, Rochester was in control most of the time. And we were just kind of chipping and chipping and trying. And, and so it just makes it all that more rewarding and gives us more confidence moving forward that, boy, we'll figure it out. How good was this game? 13 lead changes and 10 ties. It was a little ridiculous, to be honest. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking time to join us. I will obviously see you in Salem. We'll get a chance to talk to you more maybe after you've seen the tape of Babson and yeah. have an idea of what's going on. As always, though, you know, we uh, are not in our mutual basement, so, but I'm going to still give you a chance to uh, yeah, give you a chance. I liked it personally, but I'll give you a chance for the final word. Any final thoughts to those who may be watching and, and, and probably asking Whitman? Yeah, it's Whitman. Yeah, you know, uh, one, we love you guys. You guys are so good for our level, and, and uh, I can't stress that enough. You know, like you give our student athletes the best experience. Without D3 hoops, uh, boy, the experience will be cut in half, if not even more. Uh, so w- that's number one. Two, uh, we're so excited 
Uh, now it's spring break too. Our guys are like, ah, oh, no spring break. That's okay. We'll go to sale. You, you know. Right. I so, got a good plan. Uh, it's it's uh, um, just surreal and exciting and fun, and, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Well, congratulations. Thanks for taking Thank the time. So we'll talk to you soon. Good luck and safe travels, obviously, to Salem. We'll be back with more hoops. We'll obviously, a lot more ahead. we got more interviews to go. We're just getting this thing rolling as we get ready for Salem and Grand Rapids. You're watching Hoops. Hoops presented by D3Hoops.com. We return to the WBCA and ABC studio. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. I want to thank Eric Bridgeland for taking the time to join me uh, there. They were rushing off to get dinner. It is always tough. Uh, late at night to get those interviews, but we always love going there. Uh, I will talk more about the experience in Marietta uh, at the end of the show. But in the meantime, we got to keep things moving. On the other side, Augustana is dancing into the championship weekend once again, joining Babson for the second time in three years. Both teams were there two years ago. But Augustana was not a team we expected to see there. Remember, they lost eight seniors off of last year's team. Top, there's six top scorers. This was a team last year who should have been in the championship game in back-to-back -back years, or at least was favored to. They were there in the championship game two years ago before getting knocked off by Stevens Point. Last year expected to get back to Salem, got knocked off by St. Thomas in the Elite Eight before St. Thomas went on to win the national championship. So on, understandably, we expected them to get back. They didn't. Um, and then when they lost everything, not a lot of us thought they'd be back. We talked to Gray Giovanni about that on the last Hoopsville. Gordon Mann caught up with senior guard Jacob Johnson after their win over Hanover to advance to Salem. And, J and uh, Gordon joins us now with that interview that he conducted after their game. 
Gordon Mann here for D3Hoops.com from Holland, Michigan, as the Augustana Vikings have advanced. And I'm joined by senior center Jacob Johnston, who had a tremendous game tonight. Jacob, first off, congratulations. Uh, Got to be feeling pretty good headed back to Salem. You've been there before. Yeah, yeah, I've been great. Um, it's kind of been all this season. There's been a lot of doubt on us. So, um, we, internally, we knew what we were capable of. So, we come back here. I've been telling all the other guys because not many of the people on Salem Right. how much fun Salem is. Right. So, that's kind of, that's been really I was just talking to your young point guard, Nolan Evil. I said, have you ever been to Salem before? He said, I certainly haven't. So uh, what's the scouting report from you on Salem, Virginia? There's just a lot of excitement. We always talk about use that to, to motivate yourself, but also keep keep focus. So we're going to be thrilled, excited this week. We're also going to lock in on the scouting report. We're trying to keep winning. We're just excited. We're trying to Talk about your performance tonight. We talked about this a little bit in the, in the official press conference. You matched up with Wes McKinney, uh, all-conference or player of the year from the Heartland, uh, real long guy, dangerous quick shot, and you're a center. You matched up very well with him. Have you played a lot of wing players like that this year in the CCI Uh Yeah, a little bit. When I actually came in to school as a freshman, I was a guard. So I've, really? I've, yeah, I've had some experience. Okay. I've had some experience with that, but um, yeah, he was a great player. He's got an unbelievable shot. He was quick, so that was tough. But, uh, we, we scouted a lot on him, so I kind of knew a little bit what he was trying to do. And, um, we knew he played a, a full game last night, so right. so we were just trying to, you and Brett Benning, he did a great job when I went out. Also, we were just trying to outwork him out. Yeah. Yeah. You got a 6'10 freshman uh, and a 6'9 freshman, one of which is right off camera here. How does that change your role? Uh, I mean, that's great for me and everyone who's playing on the wings. Yes. We know we can be a little bit more aggressive guarding the ball because if they get there, they have to try and finish over the other six times. They've affected so many shots this season. It's, it's great to have Take me back to the fact that you were a guard. Did you grow a lot in the last four years? No, not really. I mean, I was just, I went to a small high school, so okay. it, was one of, it was one of the things where I just had to go to the Okay. Stuff. And uh, I just like playing on the way, but um, I didn't really grow much. I got bigger, right? Uh, a lot of this how the positions went. There was more space in the post, and kind of right? There, so. Okay. So this team, the, the word, one word is resilient. The other is reinvent. So you go come into the top twenty-five, or come into the season. You're in the top twenty-five. Some people look at it and go, they graduated all these guys. Why are they there? Totally new team. Talk about what it was like when you came together game uh, day one of the season. Uh, yeah, we, we had to, early on we had to figure out our new roles. Obviously we, we graduated everybody, not like Dylan and Chris played some last year. Right. played a little bit, but other than that, you know, it was all new stuff. And um, yeah, we got ranked, which, which was great, but um, we had a lot of doubt about you know, sure. and all that. And, um, but we just, sports and, and like, you know, we have to stay confident. And we, uh, we were confident in ourselves and in each other, and I think that's, um, we've been staying together. We're really, really a close group. I think that has uh, gotten us to where we're So you get into the season, you get into conference play, you get on a roll, and then you sort of stumble in. You had three shots to win the conference outright. You lose all three games, all close, and then you go into the conference tournament and you you rebound. And here you still are right now. So how did you change there? What was what was that reinvention like? Yeah, it was kind of a crazy ending. Um, we just we, we had some some tough games. You know, we're right there. We couldn't couldn't quite finish it, but. Um, 
we knew we had to learn from our mistakes but not dwell on them so right. we had to we had to just move forward and um we were so close yeah, that we I mean, knew we just had to get over that hump and i think that first tournament game we had yeah chris hit that that buzzer beater that's that's about as as much getting over the hump as come down right so uh since then since then we've just been playing well i will shoot Oh, okay. Now I think we're just having fun just playing Did you feel more pressure to win the CCIW up three than you have to win in the tournament? Do you feel like you're playing with house money? Yeah, I would say for sure because nobody expects us to be here. When, when we just needed one more game out of three to win the conference, everybody thought it was not worth this game out of three. Right. But we failed to do that. But now it's like every game is far. Like we're going to get a good game. We're going to get a good game. Uh, What's it like yeah, to play for yeah, Coach Giovanni? Uh, he seems like he's a pretty intense guy. He's a great coach. Uh, he knows so much. You know, five, six, three, two, one, out of three. He really knows how to get the guys. So, you know, I can't say enough about him. He's the best coach I've ever Last question for you. You've been to the Final Four before in a different role. Now you're going to be there as a starter. How does that feel different for you? Because, I mean, that was the one thing. So, though I had a great time, Well, he will be on the court, as will the rest of August. They'll play Williams in the second semifinal on Friday night at 7.30. Congratulations, Jacob, from Holland, Michigan. This is Gordon Mann for D3Hoops.com. Sorry for the audio on that, uh, but the best we could do. I hope you could enjoyed that one from Jacob Johnson. Thank you, Gordon, for giving us that. Uh, of course, they played at Hope. Um, if you didn't see how Hanover got to that game, <laughs> that is worth watching as well. He had a shot to tie it late, like about a 1.8 seconds or something on the clock. Hope goes to inbound it, and it deflects off the defender back into the guy inbounding the ball who hadn't repositioned it or hadn't re-established um, himself inbounds. Um, the right call by the officials, and Hanover hits a buzzer beater to win, and uh, congratulations to them. So Augustana moving on, certainly impressive. Going to take another break. When we come back, we will uh, talk to another student athlete, this time a junior guard for Amherst. Uh, Hannah Hackley will join me to talk about their run, possibly their arch rivals, Tufts on the other side, but more importantly, obviously, who they will face off in the next round in the semifinals on their journey towards a possible national championship they'll talk about christopher newport and on top of that we'll talk to her about what she did last summer matt noonan wrote a great article we'll get a little bit more perspective from her you're watching hoops Hoop presented by d3hoops.com for the wbca nabc studios more hoops will after this i used to never really talk ever uh, i was afraid if i said something wrong everyone would laugh at me but then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known 
personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. By the way, hashtag Hoopsville on Twitter as well. Um, oh, D3Hoops.com. I didn't finish the .com part on the email. That was what it was. So a great weekend of basketball, to say the least, uh, across the country. Um, thrillers abound. We haven't had a chance to really talk about the women's side as much. We'll certainly talk about it a little bit more uh, later in the program, but Amherst uh, had two tests this weekend at home. They are now 30-0 and in the NCAA tournament at home under G.P. Gromacki as they got past Babson 63-39, then beat Mass Dartmouth 73-33. We like G.P. He's a good guy. We enjoy him on the show, but we talk to him a lot, so we thought we would change things up this time. And under the advice of Amherst, we figured we'd talk to their junior guard, Hannah Hackley. So she joins us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. And Hannah, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me tonight. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate it for you, too, because you, I know you are busy, not just with basketball, but with academics and everything else in the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> first and foremost, congratulations. I, I, I know you. as much as your program uh, expects to be here. And I, I have a, a sinking suspicion. GP probably won't admit it to me, but I have a sinking suspicion every year you guys sit in the locker room going, so we will be at the championship weekend, right? Um, but congratulations on the set. Nonetheless, you're there and you're Thank undefeated. You. There's a lot of pressure on you guys. How, how have you handled it so yeah. far? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, every year we do sit down and think about our landmarks of our season and, and what we hope to achieve. So throughout, we've just been taking it one game at a time and it's, been amazing that towards the latter end we've gone to experience that right here home in Lafrac. Um, there's a lot of pressure on our sh- shoulders, but um, I think our coaching staff and our, our captains and our leaders are doing a really great job of keeping us grounded and, like I said, taking one game at a time and also having a ton of fun. This is such an exciting part of the season, and hopefully, we're all of our, our work and efforts are going to pay off. So, we're looking really forward to the next week. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that because I always felt Amherst sure. was definitely that that work ethic team on the women's mm-hmm. side. I watch your games and and you know we're getting down to business, we're doing business, we're finished business, and now we're walking off the court. It's hard sometimes to grasp if you are having fun, and I don't mean you're not having fun, but it, it's it's sometimes work. So how are you guys having fun? How are you taking this lightly, et cetera, et cetera? Or how are you keeping it light? Is probably the better question. Yeah, well, like you said, we go in every game with that mentality, like we don't want to lose, and especially we at LaFrac, our coach goes, no one gets us at home, so we take a lot of pride in where we play and, and for who we play for, this program greater than ourselves. But um, like you said, we do try to take it lightly and have a ton of fun as we go. When we 
walk into Live Rock for our practice or our games, we're, we're very focused. And then, you know, we celebrate our, our victories one at a time um, going forward. So, yeah. How much do you as a program or you as players take pride in the fact that when it comes to Amherst women's basketball, home court mm-hmm. is dominating time. They've lost mm-hmm. two games under Gromacki, period, by a total of two mm-hmm. points. Yeah. Um, how much pride do you have in, in, for lack of a better term, uh, guarding the fort? I think since I've been here, it's been ingrained that Lafrac is a really, really special place to play. And there's some players that have come through here that have dedicated so much time and effort and the coaching staff as well to creating, you know, a strong and respectable program. So coming in, it was kind of instilled in us as freshmen that we protect this court with, you know, the five, excuse me, the four other people on the court with you and, and 15 as a whole. Um, and, you know, being out here or being in Lafrac and playing for the, all our fans and supporters who are with us for the entirety of the season, the five-month season, you know, show up for everything, the ups and downs, and, and have our backs. It's something really special to walk on that court every time and, um, and know that we have something that we're playing for that's, that's bigger than ourselves, essentially. Sure. So, uh, yeah. the, the team's also very defensive-minded. Um, yeah. Do you know that coming in? Are you aware as a recruit that, you know, when you come to Amherst, it's not about the offense necessarily. It's about what you're going to be expected to do defensively. Or do you learn that the hard way, as they say, in the first uh, preseason practices? I think you definitely learn it the hard way. Our, our first couple of practices are, and by hard way, I mean that, I mean that lighthearted. I mean, sure. it's ingrained right away that, you know, defense is the epitome of this program and will, for our offense and the first couple of weeks we're here is really is really getting that down and how to work as a cohesive group unit and I think that is incredibly valuable and something that our coaches have always stood for and our leaders as well so going forward that's kind of that's the precedent that we like to hold as a program defense definitely comes first what I find interesting is uh, your your contributions offensively, because that's mm-hmm. what we see statistically in front of us, mm-hmm. uh, kind of vary. I mean, your first year there, 6.3 points a game, uh, mm-hmm. averaged about 17 minutes a game. Last year, you, you played 27.5 minutes a game, averaged 11.5 points a game. And this year, you're down a few minutes, and you're down yeah. a few points. Mm-hmm. I can see where a player can egotistically go, come on, you know, I'm not having as good a year <laughs> as last year or something. But it really feels like you, this team doesn't yeah. think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, just rattling off those stats, it just speaks to how much different talent is on this team that one, not necessarily one person needs to carry. I mean, granted, we have incredible, incredible leaders, but every single person on this team has a role and can step on the court and contribute in a different way. So I don't think anyone feels the need to, you know, necessarily put up all the stats. And you have, you see different people um, stepping up in different games, making big baskets or making big defensive stops. So um, I think that's what makes this team, especially this year, uh, really special. Uh, it's not like your team has a lot of close games. You did have a handful. Of course, <laughs> Tufts has given you a few. But I'm curious, sure. which would you have? Mm-hmm. Wh- which would you be more proud f- proud proud of? Would it be <laughs> hitting the big shot, let's say at the buzzer to win the game, or would it be stopping the opponent from hitting a buzzer beater to beat you? Um, playing, playing for a very defense-minded oriented game, I, or excuse me, team, I, I would say the latter is, is stopping. There's always excitement in you know, hitting that last <laughs> shot, but we really pride ourselves on 
on the ladder. So that's what I'd have to go with. Yeah, it was a loaded question. I was just trying to see. I, I hope to go. never be in that. Never be in that situation. <laughs> this is true. Uh, you've had a great season, and I mentioned Thank close you. games. Uh, the closest games mm-hmm. you've had are toughs. Uh, I'm yeah. just kind of curious if you all realized that um, you may not have played 20 minutes the first time. The, the score was 36-35. It feels like yeah. you didn't play 40 minutes of basketball, that you all stopped no. at halftime. That's rather low scoring. That's, <laughs> I mean, when's the last time you only put up 36 points in a game? I know. it's, And that seems to be a trend when we play them, I think. <laughs> yes, both, it does. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, both very defense-oriented teams, you know, you have to work for it for every bucket nothing comes easily when we play them they're really great competitors and it's it's a test every time we play them and how sharp we need to be so yeah it's crazy it's, i think the headline on on d3 hoops that week was wait is that the final yeah right <laughs> exactly like yeah um <laughs> but yes i it's it's very it's challenging every time yeah and the two matchups that you've faced mm-hmm. only one team's gotten over 40 and you guys did it by yeah. a point 41 mm-hmm. um i'm almost i'm almost tempted to ask has either team considered just standing around for 35 minutes <laughs> and only playing the last five minutes of the game <laughs> i hope not i mean it feels like that's what we've basically done here <laughs> the rest of the game is irrelevant. It's wild. <laughs> um, of course, they're on the other side of the bracket. I know you're you're disciplined enough uh, as a program not to be looking ahead of Christopher Newport, but yeah. I am just a little bit curious if you have noticed that your arch rivals are sitting on the other side of the bracket. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to notice. Yeah. And right in our conference, seeing them up there, um, we expected it. But also, like you said, we take one game at a time. So our first game will be the focus for sure this week um but i am i'm I'm a little interested in what that rivalry is Mm -hmm. like those two teams you mentioned it defensively orientated for sure yeah uh but dominating the conference uh even when the conference was is good you two stand out the last few years you're dominating Mm -hmm. the northeast you've dominated the national conversation of course they got to the national championship game last year how much is it Mm -hmm. a different beast when it's a toughs game um i think you know, a lot of weight and pressure come with that game. Coming in as a freshman, you know, ideally Williams was, was the rival and still is. They're, it's a traditional great game and so fun to be a part of. And since I've been here, it seems like um, that's leaning a little bit more towards Tufts. And I, I think it's really cool to have such a competitor, you know, so far in the NCAA tournament right in our conference. And I think it, it speaks to the NESCAC as a whole and, and all the great talent in that conference in itself. But um I think it's a little bit different in mindset and, and focus getting ready for that game and really a lot more attention to detail. And our coaches work really hard to prepare us for each time um, that we match up. But it's always it's, it's fun competition, and, and we get really excited every time we, we have that opportunity. Uh, we'll, we'll let GP off, uh, understand that we are focused on Christopher Newport. So let's talk about Christopher Newport. I know you Absolutely. just you know are dealing with that. I, I don't know how yeah. much you've even looked at tape yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you're, you've done your own homework to see what they've done. Of course, they got into this game with some impressive wins themselves. Um, yeah. what, do you, what do you expect? What do you see in your early interpretation of, of CNU right now? <laughs> um, well, that's what we're starting. Actually, we just got the text for tomorrow morning at film. So that, that starts brain early. But um, I think going about it, you know, it's the same routine that, that helped us get here. So it, it starts with defense and knowing personnel and you know having confidence in one each other on the court and this is a really incredible journey to be able to play them in michigan and we're all extremely excited but um sticking to just how we prepare for every game and and being disciplined i think will be important 
and obviously it starts with how do you win a championship? It's going to be for you guys. You got to be defensively Absolutely. minded. But how do you yeah. how do you how do you prepare for a weekend where you know who the first opponent is, you know who the other two are, but you you yeah. can't really focus on them. How how do you adjust to not only only prepping for one, but once you get past that one, then the quick study on the second team? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's definitely a quick turnaround, but luckily we've had practice with that in the NFCAC tournament. I mean, uh, we got to play Tufts in the finals this year right after a tough game. So we've been we've been kind of pruned with these quick turnarounds. And then in the NCAA tournament, you know, you work all week on one game, and then we're staying late right after that game to prepare for the next day. Um, so it definitely requires you know staying sharp, staying engaged, staying yeah. disciplined, like I said earlier. And our coaches do so, so much work. Uh, for any of the possibilities that come um, so that we're ready right away after that first game is done to start preparing mentally um, for our next challenge. So, uh, Enough basketball. I'm fascinated in the yeah. story that Matt Noonan put together for us at D3Hoops.com. Sure. You did an internship mm-hmm. over the summer uh, with teammate yeah. Jackie Nagel uh, where you yeah. both worked for or interned with uh, Beyond El Campo. Uh, when yeah. you went to Costa Rica, you worked with un- uh, underserved families and, and, and students and the what what not? Mm-hmm. First off, what got you interested in that group? Uh, it's it's probably not one of those necessarily on anybody's radars. Yeah, sure. So uh, one of our captains uh, about three or four summers ago, her name is Cheyenne Pritchard, mm-hmm. uh, graduated last year, actually went for the summer, and she spent two months. So she was the president of, quote, that internship that year and raved about it. And it's a full language immersion mm. um, experience in a town called Costa Rica. Or excuse me. Santa town? Cruz, really, Rica. Hannah? <laughs> Hannah, wait. It's been a long this, weekend. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> you worried me there for a minute, though. I know. <laughs> um, in the middle of Costa Rica, and she raved about it. And, you know, playing a winter sport, we can't go abroad. Yeah. You know, you can't give up a semester. Um, so this was uh, me and Jackie's opportunity to do something like that. And we both love the Spanish language. So we went for a month. We didn't do the two months because um, we wanted to do some other things with our summer as well. And stayed with host families and taught different language programs to mm. the community ages, you know, really little to adults. And also had the opportunity to put on other workshops such as women empowerment programs. And Jackie taught a yoga class. Um, mm. It was it was an incredible experience and it's something that, you know, as an athlete, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to do during the year. So you really wanted to take advantage of a program like that during the summer. Um, I'm sure that's an experience that still sticks with you and it may stick with you for a while. 100%. How much has it influenced maybe what you want to do down the road? Yeah, I think, um, and I I hope I can speak for Jackie when I say this. Definitely <laughs> got us out of our com- out of our comfort zone. I'm talking yeah. the first the first day I broke the shower and I was in a house of seven people and I had oh, to explain Anna. that with shaky Spanish <laughs> and proceeded <laughs> proceeded to find two cockroaches that night in my bed. So oh boy, it it's it was definitely an adjustment, um, but it was such a beautiful experience and learning how to work with people different ages, different you know cultural background, uh, language barrier, how people do things. It, yeah. it really it taught me to be patient and how to work in a new environment. Um, I like to say it also helped with leadership skills as well and, and working with a group of interns to, to get one goal done and one initiative accomplished. So hopefully going forward, I can apply those skills too and hopefully on the basketball court as well. Uh, you're a junior. Um, what is your major? Yes, I'm an English and psychology major. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, what do you hope to do afterward? Um, originally, a little bit interested in education. Um, that's kind of why I went to English and Psych Group, but we don't have pre- professional majors, so hmm. that's why I chose those. But um, right now, I'm keeping my options open. I'm also really interested in communications as well. 
Um, I'm, wor- I'm planning to do an internship at NBC Sports this summer. So that's my immediate plans. But You're doing an internship um, at NBC Sports this summer? Uh, yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so As a sports really guy excited. myself, that is pretty oh, darn really? cool. Oh, really? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm not quite sure, so I'm just trying to get a bunch of different experiences, and yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, liberal arts education to its fullest, that is for sure. Hey, yeah. can I ask you a crazy question? Do you have a favorite uh, uh, Do you have a favorite in the mascot race here? Oh, my God. <laughs> if, if anybody doesn't oh. know, the former Lord Jeffs, now I've been nicknaming them the Purple A's because it's just easier to say. Um are looking for a mascot and we have got some wacky names oh yes any of them come up that you like <laughs> i think the the most calm one i i would say is the purple and what the purple and white i think that's not that, calm that's easy the, the, unfortunately the one that seems to be in the running looks like the hamsters because if you rearrange the amherst letters <laughs> like that but i knew that was gonna come up i know it's can't wait to see that know. running around the court. Oh God, I know. <laughs> the Amherst Panthers, but the new mascot is will be uh, announced homecoming 2017. So keeping our fingers crossed, we're not at any rodent or anything like that. Hey, 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 hey! Listen, I, I went to Goucher and our, ro- our 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 mascots the Gophers. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> My apologies. Now that being said, we haven't been in the NCAA tournament in a while, so I don't know how it might affect you. Um, I'm just saying, Minnesota hasn't been there in a while either. So just wondering. <laughs> Maybe you want to stay away from the hamsters now that you mention it. Maybe. Um, before we let you go, uh, I know that, that that to some extent winning is, is expected. But what's the experience like at Amherst uh, yeah. as a whole? Um, being a student athlete, it's, I mean, not too redundant of what you just said, but it really is a wholesome experience. I have the privilege really an incredible privilege of playing for this nationally ranked athletic team. And also, you know, with the open curriculum at Amherst, so many people getting the double major and experience, so many different academic options. And then they offer like incredible amount of extracurricular opportunities. I mean, so many people on my team are involved in various summer internships and initiatives like Jackie and I did. I mean, they highlighted just what, what we did one summer, but my team is also engaged in so many other opportunities and getting to, you know, do all that at one college experience, I think, isn't super, super common. So I've had the privilege to, to be able to, you know, do what I want here at Amherst. And I think that just speaks to that kind of opportunity you get when you come to a school like this. And I'm really grateful for that. And I'm curious, what got you interested in Amherst in the first place? What other schools might have been in the running and why did you end up going to central? I call it central Massachusetts. I know some call it western. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually from the Boston area, so yep. it wasn't too far. I didn't want to be too, too far when I was looking at schools, but I think initially that the athletic appeal and, and their competitive, um, the competitiveness here at Amherst and the experience you're going to get and hopefully um, make a championship run was really, really appealing when I was looking at schools. And then obviously the other NESCACs are, are great opportunities as well, but I came here on a visit and did my overnight and met a bunch of professors and the team, and everyone was so welcoming. And everyone here seemed so passionate, both about the athletic programs and also the academic opportunities that were offered here. And seeing people so ecstatic and excited about playing and studying at a school like this made me want to be a part of it and and part of that enthusiasm. So that's what really, I think, got me. Fascinating. Uh, I actually looked at Amherst campus as my junior year, I think it was my junior year, uh, I went to a prep school in Connecticut, and, and we used, okay. we went to kind of Amherst in general to look at a bunch of different schools. It was our first setup of going, 
here's what schools look like and, and start to understand what you like and what you don't like. It's not that we were mm-hmm. applying necessarily. So we looked at UMass and we looked at Amherst and, right. you know, we looked at the rest. It was the first immersion. So I remember walking on the Amherst campus and, and some of the stuff that Amherst had kind of made me fall in love with that small liberal arts college. So, 100%. But yeah. the chances of me getting into Amherst were slim and none. So uh, <laughs> I congratulate you on getting into Amherst. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. Good luck yeah. this weekend. I know there's a, a lot of expectations, but win or lose, yeah. tremendous season congratulations uh we wish you luck certainly uh in one or both games uh thank you so much absolutely in the meantime though and i don't know if you're prepared for this but we always give the guests the final word uh so any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuning in um yeah whoever's tuning in right now my coaches or any of my teammates or teams they might be facing i just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity one to be on the show and and be part of the amherst program um and you know, listening more about D3 women's basketball, I think, you know, playing collegiate sport, such as a D3 level, um, is still really special and an amazing opportunity. And um, I just want to say thank you for the shout out and for speaking with me and my team. Thank Absolutely. You. Wonderful season. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. Great chatting with you and good luck. Likewise. All uh, right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hannah Hackley joining us from Amherst. The maybe future hamsters are taking on Christopher Newport coming up uh, in the semifinal. Um, I think that game is 730 uh, at Calvin. The first game will be at 5 o'clock, and that will feature St. Thomas versus Tufts. Championship is either at 7 or 730. I'm not 100% sure. I've seen conflicting information uh, on Saturday. That'll be on NCAA. Uh, NCAA will broadcast that game, and we'll have it at d3hoops.com. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, change gears a little bit. We'll talk about Salem. We'll talk about the All-Star game coming up. Then we'll get into uh, the other teams participating, Babson and Tufts, coming up as well. You're listening to Hoops. Hope presented by d3hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. We'll be back with more right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I'm a current Division III student-athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first-year student-athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. We are Division III student-athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Defining Moments championship dreams share the experience with your family and friends 
the 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. And welcome back to Hoops Hole, everybody. If you've got questions for us, we'll answer them at the end of the show, probably, or maybe before then. You can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoops or hashtag hoopsville. Uh, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show live uh, as well. And if you've asked questions in those spots and we've missed them, bear with us. We will get to them uh, in short order as soon as we can. Going to switch gears a little bit here, but certainly still talk about uh, what makes Salem so special. Talking about the men's championship weekend. This is the 21st championship weekend in Salem. The 20th NCAA championship that they will hand out in men's basketball. Uh, we're over 80 in all of the NCAAs. And part of the festivities in Salem is the NABC All-Star Game, sponsored by Reese's. It's something that came in, I want to say, six-some-odd years ago. Our next guest will certainly correct me on that and, and double-check it. It replaced the Constellation Game, which was uh, unceremoniously uh, punted after it just no longer had the same appeal as it may have had in the past. The women, by the way, have uh, gotten rid of the Constellation Game as of this year, and this model is something that they are looking at. Of course, the NABC group and Division Three is never uh, satisfied. They're always looking to improve things and always looking to change things. So we wanted to get an idea of what to expect upcoming. We will get the team names as of tomorrow, as of who's on the roster, so we won't spoil anything tonight. But joining me on the NA, on the uh, City of Salem Hoopsville hotline is Charlie Brock, member of the NABC Board of Directors and uh, part of the All-Star Game. Charlie, thanks for taking the time, sir. My pleasure, Dave. Nice to be here. And by the way, before I forget, love your shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, yes. I, I, I made sure to get the NABC some love here tonight. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, so I, I can't remember. How many years have we been doing this All-Star Game now? That When you said that, I knew I was in trouble. It's eight or, eight or nine years. And actually, <laughs> I thought. Dave, when it happened, it wasn't a matter of <clears throat> it wasn't because we booted the Constellation Game. It would have the TV demanded a one o'clock championship game and the consolation game would have been at 10 30 yeah. and we just couldn't see it it was it yeah. was you know the turnaround from friday to saturday so it started with that thought and how do we do it and then the you know some guys gathered around and, and some of them are still a, a part of the game as we're running it now and uh, it was amazing and it's it's really become a, a a really cool thing for the student athletes. And this is something that D1 has that maybe people don't appreciate um, and has, and that you kind of took the same model, maybe different ideas for division three, certainly. And we should, we should stress about this. This is senior only that way they, that the NABC can do the right job and, and honoring them by being able to take them out and, and putting them up in a hotel. You can't do this if it's, if it's not for seniors. Actually it's uh, seniors and or, end of eligibility correct good call uh, they yeah. wouldn't be able to play in the game if they had any any eligibility left so yeah. uh, those are the the people that uh, become available for it and so we call them seniors and it's probably true but the fact of the matter is it's it's when they've run out of eligibility yeah. that they're able to play in the game 
Um, no. it, it's kind of ebbed and flowed over the years. I know that you guys reserved anywhere from two or four spots in the early years for some of the seniors who might have been on a team from the from the semifinals who lost. Uh, that worked a little bit, and then it then it kind of fizzled a little bit. I also know it made it a, a challenge for logistics, and and sometimes you might even get a team who didn't have any seniors on it, and thus you felt like you left some teams or some players home. How has it evolved, and 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 is this new idea of not reserving those those um, uh, jerseys or those seats, as it were, has it worked for you guys? Yeah, it has, and and uh, we actually. With the eight regions, the original idea was to get two people from each region, which is, you know, the way it should be. Um, then the Internet vote came up, and, and that's been an, an, a, really a fun deal. Uh, it's gained a lot of attention, and, and it's, it's, it's really we've, – we've had tremendous – I think there was something like 70,000 votes yep. this year. Uh, so that made it 18, and, and we've, we've kind of we, – we sat on that for a few years, and uh, a year ago or so we were talking about evening it up and, and making it even 20 – and uh, what that does is you can call it anything you want. It, it just adds an opportunity for an additional two players to play in the game. Yes. And uh, that's the way we're doing it this year. So each team will have 10 players. And the the, the turnaround with the, the teams that lost on Friday was difficult and, and emotional. Yeah. And, you know, it just wasn't a good – it really it didn't work out. And, and the other thing is that the, the teams had to take off when the NCAA told them to take off. Right. You know, we just couldn't uh, get in the way of it. So this has turned out to be a much better way of doing it. So as of tonight, tomorrow, uh, uh, the guys that are involved, and I'll tell you, we got we got a group that, that is amazing. Uh, Pat's the one who puts the coaches together. And in this case, this year, we've got Jim Smith, who has a few wins at my expense when I was at Gustavus. <laughs> uh, Paige Moore is going to be the other coach yeah. uh, across from him. Paige has been working hard on us to have first dibs on making his draft. <laughs> We're trying to hold him back. Um, but Pat has been really, Pat Cunningham from, from Trinity, yeah. the one that does all that. Jody Mays, an incredible job with first the nominations and with his committee and then uh, the rankings that take place in order to get the players and go in the order that they're available on that. I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Bill Raleigh does all the travel. That's his niche, and, and it's amazing. He's still working. I think he's probably working right now as we speak. <laughs> probably. Uh, Mike McGrath has done some great things with – in and around the weekend with uh, a great coaches clinic, actually in and amongst the all-star game on that Saturday morning of the final. Uh, Dan Priest does all the uh, work with you guys, actually, and, and mm -hmm. anything that has to do with publicity. And we couldn't do anything we do without the, the help of uh, Rick Letty and uh, Wade Hageman at, at the NABC. They're, they're, you know, we're, we're little guys and we don't, we don't ask for a whole lot, but we kind of, ask for things here and there and get them when we, when we ask. So they've been really, really helpful with us. Uh, you, you hinted at it. By the way, class group there. always love chatting with them. And we should also point out one of the other great things about that game is we get a chance on the broadcast to talk to the players. Um, and to be honest with you, some of those players you just don't want to stop talking to. They're fascinating guys. Um, yes, they are. Yep. Something that's interesting, though, is the process that you guys do this. You mentioned two from each region, two from the vote, and, and now this two-at-large selection thing, which is kind of a, a cool little twist. But, you know, sometimes you have to deal with, with – you know, life, uh, you know, whether a player is interested in coming in the first place, whether he's available, there's a chance exactly. he might be tied up with school or tied up with a spring break and not necessarily a vacation spring break. He might be doing an internship. Um, and some guys, you know, get banged up a little bit. Um, this thing has evolved over the years. Can you give us a, a brief idea of, of how this all kind of processes out, as it were? Well, it, it really comes down to 
what uh, Jody and his committee do with the ranking and, and um, you know, along with that, obviously some of the players, and I won't go into the detail, but <clears> some of the players that we might be, we would have been talking to to play in the All-Star game are still playing this weekend. Yeah. And we don't know that through what went on during the course of this past weekend. And, you know, it's, so that availability part of it is there. There's also the availability of, of kids from a health standpoint and their injuries, as you mentioned. Uh, there is, you know, personal issues that come up, you know, spring breaks and, and family vacations and things along those lines. And, and, and also academic, certainly, uh, responsibilities that the kids have. So it is ever-evolving uh, what's gone on over the last couple of weeks. It's kind of been that way since we started it. Of course, as the game gets better and better, it becomes more and more competitive. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like the selection committee in some ways. we Our absolute mission is to get the 20 best players in the country that have run out of eligibility uh, on the floor. But then there's a, a ton of different nuances that change who it is and, and when they're available and when we book them from the standpoint of travel and uh, find out from them that they're indeed interested in playing. And we should mention these players get to experience the entire weekend. They get to see the semifinals. They get involved in um, some community service, in Special Olympics especially. You talked about the coaches' clinic. Uh, this isn't just one game. There's even practices, believe it or not. I, I pity the Paige Moyers team because he's going to run them. I, I feel it now. <laughs> He's 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 too he's too close to the game still. Yes, he's too. Yes, he's he's very into it. Um, it. It's funny how the different coaches do it different ways. Yeah. But it is a busy weekend, and actually, Dave, we've had conversations where we worry a little bit about whether we're running them ragged over the weekend. Sure. They really hit the ground running on Thursday. They do go to the banquet with the uh, four finalist teams, and they're introduced as a unit. It's really a nice. Um, kind of a, a nice start to the weekend and then mm-hmm. Friday morning, get right up and do a service endeavor in a local school that Paige sets up with a, a reading program that's uh, modeled after the NABC uh, reading program. Nice. They do practice uh, on Friday afternoon, then go to the games on Friday night um, and then do some things. And Saturday the, with the clinic and then the kids and, and this, one of the, one of the things that the kids continually talk about after the fact, we ask some opinions and, Invariably, it comes up the uh, time they spend with the Special Olympian. Oh. The uh, during the game, before That's the so game, awesome. warm ups. It is it is like the highlight of those Special Olympians. Uh, you know, it's just they never forget it. It's really really yeah. neat. It's another enhancement to the experience for these kids. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really one of the highlights, period. I mean, everybody loves uh, the interaction of the players and the Special Olympians uh, as well. It's it's a tremendous event. Um, obviously up to, to 20 players now, and, and it'll be a fun game. It'll take place 3.30 on Saturday, if I remember correctly. 3.30 is correct. Um, I, you know, we... <laughs> We've, we've never had a timing issue, although the first game, I don't know if you remember. Was <laughs> oh, overtime. I do. <laughs> and uh, we've had some really good games. So, it, it, you know, we we, uh, we are bound to see to it that the game yeah. uh, is, is on time. And, and, of course, we once I start getting nervous, I start limiting timeouts and yes, things along those lines. <laughs> Nothing beats you walking over after the first game went in overtime and you looked at us and said, hey, we're going to play five minutes and it's a running clock. <laughs> that's it. I'm you like, really? There. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I went, all yeah. right, this will be interesting. And by the way, it gets competitive. Last couple of years, the game hasn't been as close. But most of the time, especially it gets into the fourth quarter, we actually see a little bit of defense. We see the guys getting a little bit, you know, a little, little bit more competitive. They want to win this game. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as any game. And these yeah. guys are all great competitors, so they wouldn't be in this position. 
So yes, as the game's winding down, they they definitely they not only want to win the game, but they want to be in the game, and and uh, it's always a challenge for the coaches. I did it one year uh, as a replacement for someone, and uh, you know it's a it's a challenge to get the guys playing and. Uh, who's going to play and how they're going to play and and all that. It's it's a lot of fun. You should get David uh, David Arsenal to coach. He 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 knows sure. exactly how to rotate those guys in. Yeah. Every ninety seconds, we'll just see new exactly. five. Exactly. Uh, but yep. you might have to expand it to fifteen for him. Uh, we might. Yes. Yeah. He likes to go. He he would go deeper than we would give him. Probably. He'd, <laughs> yeah, he'd want both teams on his to rotate. <laughs> um, he would have to adjust to us a little bit. Yeah, just a little. Real quick, yep. how do you guys end up selecting the teams? I remember at one point it was literally you know uh, certain East region teams versus West region teams, but that hasn't really worked out all the time. How do you guys? Uh, how you guys? select the teams and kind of balance them oh you know the 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 uh the young the young guys that have a better sense of it do it all and it, it almost we try to make the teams as even as we can mm. if, it, if, if we had another overtime game i'd be happy as a clam Dave. Uh, um that like means that. we put the two teams together well and yeah um so it it, it can look like an east west or a north south that you know we've argued what the names of them should be and the reality is we we try to get the teams size-wise um uh, positionally and and uh, what we think are the best competitive even teams to go out and play a, a fun game uh, and a real quick thing we should mention because i know this comes up every once in a while players are coming from programs whose coaches are part of the nabc correct that is correct and yeah. this is an nabc funded event right uh, so the the kids are coming from the programs and and that is another uh, part of the uh, availability, uh, the kids that don't come from those that whose coaches aren't a part of the, the NABC are not eligible right. to play in this game. Uh, it's it's a tough situation in that yeah. regard, but it is what it is. It is an NABC function. So, um, right. And and we've had a lot of coaches come down too to Salem when their kids are in it, and that's really fun. That's awesome uh, as a gathering, and and uh, you know it's 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 enjoyable, and we we do spend it. The halftime of the one of the games, we bring out the players and their coaches to be recognized. It's uh, I think it's a nice moment for the players and for their coaches. Absolutely agree. Uh, very quick, I got a, a lame idea for the team names: NA versus BC. I just you know, that's my I, lame. I, I I am one who has to write everything down, Dave. I just wrote it down, but I'm oh, not great. sure I got the proper order. But I think I have the right letters. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, bud, I appreciate you coming on, talking about the game. We're looking forward to it. The announcement comes out tomorrow, correct, on on who's in? Yes. Very good. Uh, we'll look forward yeah. to seeing that. Uh, obviously, it's more than just the fan vote. There's a lot more players, and we'll look forward to that. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Any last thoughts for anybody out there about the All-Star game you want to make sure, or in general, that you want to make sure anybody hears? Just in general, from the standpoint of D3 Hoops and Hoopsville, Dave, that's so um, first of all, from the Division Three basketball standpoint, what you do is is unbelievable, and and especially for the All Star Game with the internet vote and highlighting the players, it's just another enhancement to the student athlete experience, which is what we're focused on uh, in all the things that this group does that puts it together, and and you know what we're all about anyway as coaches. Well, I, we appreciate being involved as well. It is a fun event. I remember the first year going, I don't know how this is going to turn out, and being blown away, and it's been fun every year since. Uh, we're looking forward to the announcement tomorrow and the game on Saturday, and I look forward to seeing you this weekend, sir. I will see you soon. Absolutely. Charlie Brock joining us Take here care. on the City of, of Salem Hoopsville Hotline.
Uh, it's a great event. It's definitely worth watching uh, if you can't get to Salem. If you get to Salem, go to that game. It's part of your ticket package. It is worth going to on Saturday at 3.30. Again, it'll be broadcast um, there as well. Looking forward to being part of that broadcast and being a part of that game. It is fun, fun stuff. And we hope the women may consider doing this one as well. Going to take another break. When we get back, we'll get back to two teams who are fighting for national championships. Baps and men's basketball St uh, coach Stephen Brennan will join us. Oh, I should have asked Charlie about Baps and shouldn't I have? Oh, well, well, we'll talk to him in Salem about it. And we'll talk to Tufts women's basketball coach Carla Berube. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville when we return. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and play college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you got questions for us, you know how to get a hold of us. Um, if you got uh, lots to cover, to be honest, we got lots to get going. So uh, make sure you log in and get us questions. We're not going to stay on the layer too late tonight. I'm a little bit beat up. We got a long week ahead of us. So uh, you better get to us quick. Um, we'll also talk about what our scheduling in Salem will be uh, coming up. A reminder: we are no longer doing our Thursday show down in Salem, but we will have plenty of coverage nonetheless all right so back to who's made it and who's uh dancing in the tournament still babson has been one of the top teams to watch the entire season they have been the number one ranked team for at least half the season if not longer um up until the last week of the season when uh, they lost in the new mac title game and that uh number one ranking went to whitman the undefeated blues who are also in the ncaa tournament interesting enough those two teams are facing off in the semifinal, and that's the one that gets us going in Salem. Uh, the 5 o'clock game, um, the first semifinal, followed by Augustana Williams. Either game is good, but we're putting the juggernaut at the beginning. 
So we want to figure out what's going on. Last time we talked to Babson, they had just lost a double overtime thriller to Amherst. We talked to Coach Brennan by chance. After that, he was nice enough to come on after we talked to Coach Hickson about it. We happened to have been live on the air that night. As a result, we haven't really talked to Babson since, except for their women's program. Well, it's about time we caught back up with the Beavers. And joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline from the third-ranked Babson men's basketball program, it is Stephen Brennan, the head coach. And coach, first and foremost, congratulations on getting back to Salem for the second time in three years. I know it's it's good. I know you guys felt like you just missed out being able to do this three in a row. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, we were in the Street 16 last year, and, uh, you know, we, we lost to a really good Amherst team. And, uh, you know, we, we really were excited to, you know, obviously be able to come back this year and, and find a way to get back there. I mean, because obviously it's uh, it's difficult, you know. I mean, on the Hoopsville, on the DTHoops.com, you saw, you know, usually uh, more than one team gets in that hosts, but we were the only one I think that hosted that got in. Yeah, you are the only team that hosted that got in. Marietta got knocked out on Friday night. Uh, Hope got knocked out on Friday night, and then the other team who was still alive on Saturday. Um, and of course, I go on blank right off the top of my head when I go to mention them. Um, who was the other team on Saturday? Oh Lord, see that's what happens when the brain just shuts down and says, "Forget it, we are finished." Um, <laughs> It's on the other side of Whitman. That's how much I know. Oh, Middlebury. 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 Thank you. It's Williams knocked off Middlebury. See, this is what happens when you spend four days working um, and, and enjoying Division Three basketball and then drive home and think you can retain it all in your head. Um, I can't imagine what you coaches have to deal with. Um, so you lost to Amherst you know, back on December 8th in a thriller double overtime, 99-97. Uh, at that point, you had come into the game, I believe, 9-0. and um, and again, it was a thriller with Amherst, you know, you had played thrillers with them in two consecutive seasons and both had gone over time. Um, and then you went right back to work. And it, what was incredible though, was you took almost the entire month of December off after that flew out to Chicago, played against Chicago, then flew home and got back to work essentially. And, and you guys looked strong the entire time in a new Mac conference that looked pretty interesting this year. But how is the season coming along from your point of view? Well, it's been a challenging season from the standpoint of we've had a number of different guys uh, who are you know important cogs in the machine get injured. Uh, we, we didn't have Charlie Rice for a month. Uh, he didn't even take the Chicago trip because he had uh, yeah. I think. And then uh, Sam Bowmiller got a concussion and he came back <laughs> three games and now he's been out for basically the last month and then Bradley Jacks who's both he and Sam were starters um he uh he got hurt um three weeks ago so you know it's been it's been an opportunity for other guys to step up and you know really make a difference and so you know all the credit goes to the group because you know I think we always talk about being collectively greater than the sum of our individual parts I know that you have a lot of good players, and you just mentioned a bunch of them. Um, and the team is certainly much deeper than the team I think we saw two years ago in Salem. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, you talk about uh, Commondale and Nelson and Jackson and Rice. Um, two of those are juniors. Two of them are seniors. We can also talk about Bo Miller, who's a senior as well. But all the focus is always on Joey Flannery. Uh, 23 and a half points a game, seven rebounds a game nearly four assists a game, um, 
on a steal and a half. I mean, he's and, and if he has to, he puts the team on his back. He kind of reminds me of Michael Jordan a little bit. He gets everybody involved, but he can also put the team on his back a little bit. How hard, though, is it to get the team or has it been to get the team to remember that they need to help Joey out as well, that it, they can't just watch him like the rest of the team, the, the opponent is doing as well? I think that's the key phrase is that sometimes, um, you know, Joey gets the ball and, and those other four guys can stare, you know, yeah. and we don't want him to be a ball stopper. Obviously, we want him to be aggressive and attack. But, you know, when, when he has the ball, there's usually, you know, five sets of eyes on him. So uh, it's one of those things where we really spend, you know, a fair amount of time just trying to get good player movement and understand where the op- opportunities are whether it's to open up a passing lane or open up a space. The interesting thing, I think the epitome of that play that I remember, and I know there's probably been a lot more during the season, but I just haven't watched every one of your games. Um, I think it might have been the, the the regular season game against MIT at home where, yep. you, where, where Joey got the ball to close it out, comes yeah, down the court. on the clock and down one, and, you know, we had talked about it in the last timeout, which is why we didn't call a timeout. And so he, you know, he drove it towards the right lane line. And all of a sudden, you know, three guys from IT just went to him. Yeah. And that opened up Nick Kamenow on the left corner in front of our bench. And, you know, we, we wouldn't want anybody else shooting the ball as far as catching and shooting from three. He's just a phenomenal free shooter. I think he's almost got 100 makes for the year. Um, and... You know, it got Nick enough time to get the shot off and, and win the game after being down double digits. Yeah, it just—I mean, just the idea that a your your is a teammate remembers to go to the right spot. B that the triple team comes and he knows what to do and not force it himself. It just showed a lot of maturity for a program in the last three years. You guys were in Salem three years ago. Um, can you fall back on any of that experience? Yes, you have some players like Joey and others who who were there. Or is this team so dramatically different with the additions that you've put in place that it's somewhat of a new experience? Yeah, I mean, I think that the players certainly have the experience and the desire, and you know they're going in with the right attitude. I mean, I think we were just euphoric, you know, to get to Salem, you know, a couple of years ago. And this time, you know, I think we're just built really differently. I mean, that team was a 10 heat and in team. We, we actually didn't let anybody shoot a three in the program for the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> Obviously, you know, because we had, you know, Wiki and Mac and Eric Dean and all these guys would do it. And Joey was just, you know, coming into his own, you yeah. know, he was player of the year. And, and this team, you know, is a high octane offensive efficient team, you know, along with being a really good defensive team. And they, this group's been together for the last two years and they had to learn last year that, the defensive end was more important than the offense. Yeah. And, and so I think that it's really been an evolution for the group to go through from, you know, getting everybody's best game because of a group that played before you to getting it as the number one team in the country for, you know, as long as we were this year. So I think that they've had to really make some adjustments and understand how to get ready to play every game. Um. Interestingly enough, you mentioned being the number one team for such a long period of time. Um, obviously, that puts a large target on your back. Not that the new Mac didn't already have you targeted to begin with. Um, but, you know, and then, of course, the Amherst game, it was a, a 1v2, so there's a target on both of you. There's a big spotlight. Everyone knows you guys are there. I find interesting, it seems like sometimes teams really take it at you in the first half. 
You've been down eight times in the first half, at halftime, I should say. And in seven of those games, you're able to come back and win. Um, is the team just slow to get out of the gate, as it were? Or is it because of that spotlight, you're taking on the best, and so being down at halftime isn't all that surprising? Well, I mean, the team two years ago, and again, like I said, we have a lot of holdovers. I mean, we were behind in every NCAA game and mm. some double digits. So they had gotten comfortable in that position, which isn't great as a coach, but <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least, at least, you know, they understood that, you know, there is no 10 point play and that we just, you know, got to grind away. And so I think the, you know, you start with the Albertus Magnus game. I mean, you know, they, they were banging threes on us the first night, you know, in Stocky Gymnasium this year. And, you know, and that was kind of how it went. I mean, people were just pumped and jacked to play us and, you know, I think that that takes on a certain level of responsibility and preparation on our part. And I think that what's happened is through the senior leadership, we've been able to, you know, really trust those guys. I mean, they get as much coaching done as we do. You know, I mean, um, I, I say it all the time when I'm talking to people, but my favorite tweet I've heard in three years is on good teams, coaches create accountability on great teams, players do. Hmm. Well, Matt Groney is a coach on the floor of practice. I mean, he's on us saying, hey, we're not doing it well enough. And Sam Bowmiller, you know, out with a concussion, like he's in on every coach's meeting on every timeout and, and at halftime, you know, and, and they've taken so much ownership in what goes on and they just believe in what we're doing. And, hey, we're fine. Let's do this. And this is what we got to do, you know. And so they are just amazing at getting that message across and, you know, creating accountability and toughness that you need to get to the final four, you know, because obviously, you know, it's a really difficult journey. Um, Bo Miller has been out since the February 11th game against Clark. Is he going to be back or is he done for the season? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, he, it was kind of unique. He, he came back to two games, didn't have a trauma, uh, and became symptomatic again hmm. for the concussion. And it's his third concussion. So, you know, I, I, I'll go to practice tomorrow and, you know, hey, how you feeling? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and then it's it's really up to, uh, you know, our, our trainer along with uh, sure. the clinic team. So, you know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, he's worked really hard to stay in shape and do everything he can possibly do to a non-contact situation, but I don't really have an answer for you. Gotcha. I was just curious. Uh, it's tough yeah. for him, I'm sure, but at least he's staying involved. Yeah, I mean, he's done a great job, and, and we had a great moment this weekend where one of our you know alums who blew his ACL the last game of his senior year on a really good team, you know, asked me for his contact information, and you know he reached out to him, and and that's been probably the greatest thing about the three years is that our alums have been able to share in it, and you know, and get to know our current guys in so many different ways. So that's that's been the most rewarding thing for me, you know, just that our alums are so prideful about what's going on, and. You know, they're all telling me, hey, how do we get tickets? How do we get there? You know, we, we want to go there and support these guys. So it's been a really exciting environment for us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys uh, compare uh, fan turnout-wise from the one two years ago, especially considering how much the and the school has uh, kind of wrapped their arms around you, both alums and current. Um, let's switch gears quickly. You got Whitman ahead of you, the Blues, uh, undefeated, got past Marietta, or not, got past Marietta. They got past Harden-Simmons and Rochester in Marietta. Um, I realize you're, you know, just diving into this. I'm certainly not expecting a, uh, any idea of a full length scouting report in any way, shape or form, but what you know, so far, what do you expect from the game, uh, coming up on Friday? Well, 
the guy you should really ask is George Lanner because he just doesn't sleep, and you know he's already watched six films on them throughout. The Come year. on, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Joey's just uh, you know a junkie, and so you know, uh, you know everything I, I understand is that you know, and I, I honestly haven't even looked at a game yet, and we'll start really delving into the preparation a lot more tomorrow, to be honest with you, but. Um, you know, I mean, obviously to go 30 and 0 is or it's just an incredible achievement because you know they obviously have had a target on their back as well. Yeah. And, you know, I know that they, you know, are really athletic one through five. They have a six six rim protector. I know that um, they are going to get into us uh, on a make or a miss in a full court situation. You know, whenever you see the scores, you know, a hundred's not uh, unusual for them. Mm-hmm. So. They generate, you know, a lot off of their defense, but, you know, they shoot the ball at a high level, and, and obviously they play at, at a really frenetic pace. So, you know, it's going to be a big challenge, and that's what you'd expect at this point. But, you know, we're looking forward to it, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be ready. This roster is certainly a little bit senior-laden. Whenever you have a guy named Joey Flannery as a senior, it's senior-laden. Um, but Isaiah Nelson and Matthew Droney are both seniors, along with Bo Miller, as we mentioned earlier, and Stoffer, uh, and Charlie Rice as well. Um, I, and a little bit of a loaded question, but do you feel you've got to take advantage of this now because you don't know when you might be able to get have a, a special team like this and get back to Salem? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, really the, the biggest thing you learn in coaching is that every year is unto itself, you mm-hmm. know, because it's different the next year. And, you know, to get here, you know, the first time in my life was 25 years in, you know, and, you know, so I, you know, to be here twice in three years, you know, I'm not taking anything for granted. And Mm -hmm. we really want to, you know, give these guys every opportunity to, you know, have a great and successful weekend and we'll see what happens, you know, but it's one of those things where you can't worry about where it sits or whether you get another chance, just got to embrace the moment and own the moment. Um, it's always been fun to watch Joey Flannery play. The disadvantages and the unfortunate part is we will not get to see him play in the All-Star game, uh, only because, you know, when you let your hair down, sometimes you get to see some magic. But you mentioned to me you're on that committee to help kind of select that All-Star game. How fun is this? Oh, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing because, you know, to try and rank the players in your region, especially in the Northeast. You thought teams got, are tough. Know, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so it's just one of those deals where, you know, I, I reach out to other coaches in the region who coached against guys. So I think that's really the number one thing. I mean, you, you can watch all the film you want, but yeah. when someone plays another team year in, year out, you know, like, you know, we had a couple of guys that we were looking at um, in terms of the region and trying to rank, you know, the top four or five and, you know, like there are different positions. And so it's really how impactful can they be in a game, you know? And, and so to talk to a coach who coached against player A and player B, you know, really makes a huge difference. And, and the great thing was I talked to three different coaches about kind of the top four, and they all came up with the same rankings. So I was like, okay, well, well there you, go. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's terrific. And, you know, whoever that group gets to play is going to be, you know, it's going to be a great student-athlete experience, number yeah. one. But number two, you know, just having been down to that, you know, the, the community service piece is great. The, the camaraderie, the fact that they get to see our teams too, the four teams that are playing. I mean, but, you know, that the, the Thursday night, you know, celebration of the student-athlete, like, there's nothing like it, you know? I mean, it's just so cool to have people from our – and now you have people from different regions of the country having this shared experience that, you know, you can't pay for it any of these highly-priced colleges. 
Yeah. Well, it's great too, because so many players now know they want to get to Salem uh, to be playing because they want to be in the national championship. And now we're giving, you know, up to 20 seniors, additional seniors, the chance to get to Salem, whether they got there through their careers or not. So that's kind of a cool, unique experience. Um, Coach Brennan, thanks so much for taking time out of your of your Sunday night to, to chat with us. I know I'll see you uh, and talk with you more coming up in uh, Salem uh, as you get ready for your game. But in the meantime, as you probably remember, we always give the final word to the to the coach. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, it appears that you always put me after or in uh, conjunction with Amherst. You know, this year I called <laughs> Amherst women's player who did a terrific job, and then I think I got to Paul Hickson after we lost. And talked about you know, how it was going to feel. So, I didn't even think so that through. So welcome, you know. I didn't even uh, think but, that through. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, but, but more importantly, you know, um, you know, from my standpoint, and I say this every time, and I know Charlie Brock echoed it, and I know that um, others on the program have. You know, to have a vehicle um, like D3Hoops.com and Hoopsville to promote Division Three, you know, men's and women's basketball is amazing. I mean, you know, there's just so much information out there, so much excitement, and to be able to highlight so many different programs over the course of a season, you know, is, is really a gift. Because, you know, I remember back in the day, you wait until Sunday morning to, you know, look at the scores. <laughs> yeah. Now everything's instantaneous and, and, and just really appreciative of all that you do to promote Division Three college basketball. So thank you, and I really look forward to catching up down in Salem, and you know, hopefully we can stay a little longer this time. Yeah, I hear you there. It would be fun to see in the title game, but you got a heck of a battle ahead of you with Whitman, and I'm looking forward yeah. to looking forward to that one. To be honest with you, that, both games should be fascinating. Um, safe travels. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. Uh, enjoy the experience as you, as always, and uh, take care of yourself. All right, thanks so much, Dave. Get some rest, all right? Thank you. I will do my best. You all too. Right, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Brennan right. joining us here on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. Again, City of Salem hosting the Division Three Men's Basketball Championship. If you get the chance and go, even if your team's not there, go to Salem, watch these games. It will be fun. If you are a fan of these teams, find a way to get to Salem to see these games. It will be fun. It's a great environment, and it's well worth doing. When we come back, switch gears, talk to Tufts women's basketball coach Carla Barubi. Really, my mentality was to try and keep Amherst and Tufts away from each other. I just didn't realize I put Coach Brennan on after Amherst twice this year. Anyway, Coach Barubi coming up here shortly. We're listening to Hoops. You're listening to Hoops. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. 
I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you'll, if you're on, give an idea to go down to Salem and check out the games. On the women's side, it's in Grand Rapids, Michigan at Calvin College. The last year, it will take place there. Next year, they head to Rochester, Minnesota. Um to a different arena there, different place for Division Three. Don't forget, we'll find out where it goes after that coming up in April. Uh, so on the women's side, it's tough on the women's side to do what the, the top teams do, to be honest with you, because one slip-up could ruin it all. Um, so for Tufts to be back in the championship weekend yet again, after a tremendous championship game last year in Indianapolis against Thomas Moore, says a lot, considering the fact that Thomas Moore didn't even get out of the second round Tufts is there, and they had to battle against some really good teams, including uh, Scranton in the round of 16 and Wash U on the Wash U's home court in the last game just to get the chance to get to Calvin. What does it all mean for the team, and how are they preparing for their next Well, Joining us, joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach, Carla Berube. Coach, uh, I should say from the fourth rank, they tweeted out third rank, but fourth ranked Tufts. Jumbos. Coach, thanks for joining me on Hoopsville here. Thanks for having me, Dave, and it's it's always good to talk to you in March. Yes, this is true. Yeah. I've heard that sentiment from a few coaches. Uh, I can understand why. Um, so, first, we should mention, uh, flew back today from, from uh, St. Louis uh, after a, a big win at WashU. I mean, you're going to one of the I don't want to say meccas, but one of the, the you know, the women's basketball iconic locations you know, this this last weekend of basketball and to then play, you know, our UConn or our old UConn or maybe our Tennessee um, of Division Three, and to beat them on their home floor. This this had to be a bit of a special weekend for you guys. Yeah, we knew uh, we knew going into the weekend um, that it was going to be um, a tough a tough road ahead. Um, you know, Scranton um, being, you know, just a phenomenal team that we saw last year that it was a tough battle then um and it was definitely a tough battle on friday and then to to go into to um you know wash you and play them on their you know their storied history and um you know hall of fame coach <laughs> coach, coach Faye, who i um you know just think that she's just amazing i got to work with her last year with with usa basketball and um and so it it you know there was a a lot of thoughts going in you know, we just we just had to stay the course and and um, you know what we say is just play jumbo basketball and be road warriors and and be be focused on the the task at hand. Um, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about that WashU game in a minute, but I want to back up to the Scranton game. Um, I mean, everybody under the sun looked at this and saw it as a defensive battle between two teams who are defensive minded, um, and so it certainly didn't disappoint in that sense. 
Um, you ended up winning 65-48. You did, you did what you did to everybody else in the tournament, held them below 50 while scoring just enough to win. Um, but when you went into that Scranton, what was your mentality to try and get past the Royals? Well, we knew about Hayonk and, and Roman and yeah. how we needed to, um, you know, limit their limit their touches, not allow them to make easy easy post entry passes to them, and um, you know, and, and and man is a terrific point guard and scorer and shooter and um, and just you know make it really hard for her to to get her shots off and um, and then. We wanted to, you know, get out in the break. Hopefully, fuel um, our offense from from our good defense, and um, you know, I think we did that. And I thought we we also did a good job against their their zone and and hitting shots, which not not every night do we do we do that from the three. And um, so it was it was we knew we also needed to to um, control the boards um, with Payonk and and Roman and just what great offensive rebounding uh, team they are some keys and and i thought we did did a great job um had a great you know second half too and um had some players step up off the off the bench and um i thought jack knapp um our guard that um starts for us um who didn't play a lot last year has really stepped up into a huge role and has been playing really great lately and had a had a huge game on friday you mentioned your three-point shooting a friend of the show uh and a scranton um faithful uh, writes, he says, ask her where the 11 of 25 three-point shooting came from against Scranton. We know Tufts good defense, but we're surprised by the outside shooting except for Batista. We mentioned you're a below 300 shooting team from beyond the arc, and you shot 44% against Scranton. That That's a weapon that, again, nobody saw coming. I didn't either. Um, <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> um, you know, it's NCAA tournament. Time to, to make plays. Time yeah. to make big shots. Um, and you know, we had some players step up, and and you know, we've definitely been working on our on our outside shooting on on that game. If you know, if Baptista and and, and North are playing well inside, it's going to open things on the yeah. outside. So um, we need to we need to knock down shots. Um, we, we forgot we forgot to on on Saturday, you know, against WashU, but um, but did some other things that you know helped us to victory. But um, yeah, it was it was nice to see that that shooting on on Friday night. And then the Wash U game. Talk about a great back and forth battle. Uh, to put, Ryan Scott uh, put it succinctly. I mean, the game for the most part was even, except for a few minutes out of the gate of the second half, where you guys had a, an offensive explosion enough to pull away, and then it went back to that back and forth battle. And as a result, Wash U couldn't c- close the gap and make it a contest, relatively speaking, anymore. Was there a key to the start of that second half? Did you guys? try and get that spurt or kind of like with Scranton things fell and you kind of wrote it as long as you could uh well Melissa Baptista was on the on the uh, bench for most of the first half so she was fresh so we went to her a little bit um to begin the the third quarter and and then we also went to you know Kayla North inside and and knew we wanted to get her more touches um but I really thought it was was our great defense um to start that that third quarter um, I thought we did a good job of 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 um, just digging in on on drives. Um, great help defense. Michaela was a, a force, um, you know, in the paint, and um, and I think it just um, you know fueled some great some great plays on on the offensive end. 
Um, I thought we crashed the boards better um, on the offensive end in the second half and um, just played with a lot of heart. We knew we had to put together a, a great 40 minutes to beat, um, you know, just a just an awesome WashU team. And, you know, after watching a lot of film with them and them and the way they execute their offense, and um, it's, uh, you know, we just needed to put together a, a, a complete game. Moving on to the championship weekend, you will take on undefeated number two ranked St. Thomas uh, in the first game at Calvin. I know you've just gotten off a flight essentially, and you probably haven't looked that far ahead. Um, but what is going to be the key to try and get past the Tommies from your point of view? Not necessarily about them, I mean, but what are you, what are you going to have to do? You're probably going to be a little bit repetitive, I realize, mm-hmm. but what do you think are going to be the keys against the Tommies? Yeah, I'm the same sort of thing. I mean, I know we know that they have a you know an All-American post player, um, you know, try to limit her touches, and they've got some some great three-point shooters on the outside and slashers and. You know, we've we've got to put together a great, um, you know, defensive game plan, and um, and then you know the same thing. Just hopefully, it, it fuels our offense, and we're able to to execute well. I think we've been a little bit more patient um, recently as well on the offensive end, and um, and then it just it comes down to to players making plays. That's that's what you know this time of the season is is all about. So um, we're very excited to be heading back to the final four and, and back to, to Calvin. We were there a couple of years ago and, um, you know, hopefully our experience in, in these games will, will benefit us. And, um, and we're looking forward to the, to the, uh, to the challenge. Um, to some extent, was this your third straight championship weekend, by the way? Four. Um, fourth. Is that right? Yeah. I've lost track. Holy cow. Um, that's true. You've even, you've even visited Wisconsin. Um, is it easier to have a team like Amherst on the other side of this bracket in the sense that instead of sitting here this week and to think about three teams, not that you don't think about Amherst, but you know, Amherst, you really don't have to overly focus on them. I'm not trying to diminish that in any way. I'm just trying to say you can focus on two. Does that make sense? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it makes sense, but but not um, true, right? But not true, not true, because <laughs> we have we we've lost to them twice. So yeah. if we if we you know if that opportunity uh, rises, you know we've got to come up with some some new tactics for sure. Um, <laughs> can I suggest offense from either of you two teams <laughs> if you face each other again? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure both GP and I would would love a little bit more offense. Uh, Really? Because you guys haven't shown it yet. Uh, I (laughs) joked with Hannah Hackley from Amherst earlier that you guys only apparently played a half a game the first time um, in a race to 40 that no one won. And then the second game, it was a race to 40 that no one won. I've never seen such low-scoring games from such great teams. And I mean that as a compliment because... I mean, you, you you two are so good defensively that it turns into a chess match almost. Um, but can you maybe get offensive going against Amherst or any other teams and worry less about the defense? Or do you have to go defensive first in your mentality? I mean, that's who we are. That's what got us to this weekend. So yeah, uh, it doesn't mean that we're not working on our offense and, and, and thinking of, you know, ways to, to score the basketball. And, um, but we're, you know, it's who we are. It's, it's, 
you know, I mean, you know, we don't spend, you know, two hours a practice working on our defense, but, but it's something that's always a, a work in progress and, and we want to get better at it. And, and um, yeah, it's who, it's, it's who we are. It's our bread and butter. And, um, but hopefully defense can, can fuel easy offense and, and I'd like to get out in the break more and, and hopefully score more and, and transition. And you, you, you hear these scores and you think that we're like, you know, slow down teams and we're just trying to milk the clock. And <laughs> that's not, that's not the case at all. And, you know, both of Amherst and, and our team, we're trying to get up and down the floor and, and make plays and, and transition. And, um, but, but that we're both, you know, pretty physical and tough and, and play the you know, same kind of, you know, player to player, man to man defense. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a battle. I joked with uh, Hackley about this. I'm going to expand upon it a, l- a little bit. If you two were to face off in the championship, what I suggest is we tip the ball up. Whoever wins the possession, they're going to, you know, they, they win the possession. Then we're going to put the ball down and sit for 35 minutes and wait. And then the last five minutes we'll play. Because it doesn't feel like the first 35 minutes, the way you guys play defense is going to play a factor. Uh, it always comes down to the affair. That, or I'm calling the NCAA with another idea. It's either you, if you two face off in the championship game, the, the, you have to hit 60, maybe 70 to actually win. So if we've played 40 and you haven't got either team hasn't gotten to 60 or maybe 70 points, no, we keep playing. It's just, yeah. it's just it'll be a whole other, <laughs> whole other four minutes. Yeah. No, might have to finish it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously a great season uh, all the way through this this year uh, and with a big spotlight on you one thing I, I know that you guys that impressed me last year when you played Thomas Moore is the tactics you guys brought to the table I think that's the best um, team or defensive mentality I've seen against Thomas Moore in their in their run here uh, maybe up until Hope played him but I, I only watched it on a video I can't give it as much of a, of a grade you seem to really take pride in in preparing for teams too, to some degree. Yeah, I mean, with Thomas Moore, we had you know two weeks to prepare. So yeah, well, it was um, a little we, unfair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you need to have you know a game plan for each each opponent. Um, my team loves to to think about what you know what the other team will be running and how we're going to stop. And um, and but I think we always. You know, we always rely on just what we call our shell defense that, you know, no matter what any team is running, we're going to be prepared because, you know, we communicate and we, you know, we help each other out and, you know, we, you know, well and, and just, just play, you know, just, you know, player to player, man to man defense. And um, so that's, you know, that's who we are. And, and yeah, you know, we, we played you know, ball screens differently from, from one game to the next, depending on who it is and, and things like that. But, um, but, you know, bottom line is it's pretty much just, you know, shell defense is what we call it. Sure. Um, well, coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us before I let you go. I do want to flash back to last year's championship game. Obviously, uh, if no one's familiar, you're a former UConn player. So your, your UConn family, as it were, showed up the current team who obviously the next win the national championship uh and still hasn't looked back um your former coach is there you know Gino Ariam uh um former former alums are there or alums are there uh, a, a huge contingent of UConn showed up even the UConn band showed up to play 
you know, for you guys, it, it must, I'm curious what that meant to you in the moment and after the fact. Uh, it was amazing. Um, but I wasn't, you know, surprised by it. Cause you know, it's like once a Husky, always a Husky yeah. and we're, we're a big and everybody's, you know, pulling for each other and supporting each other. And, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, former Huskies out in the, in the coaching world. Mm -hmm. And we're always checking in on each other and, and, you know, supporting each other, emailing, texting. Um, and though, you know, there's a lot of WNBA players too. So, um, it's a, it's a big family. Um, coach Oriama, um, you know, as you know, and, and Chris Daly has, you know, just built a special, a special program and family and, um, and they always have your, they always have your back, and and you know I'll always be so loyal to, to them. It's an amazing, you know, four years, and it's still a huge piece of of who I am. Yeah, certainly pretty impressive. But hey, we listen. We know Oriema is kind of behind a lot of these rule changes. Can we? Can you call him and maybe rein him in just a little bit? <laughs> just a little. Sure. Sure. Yeah, you're gonna have no success, are you? I know, and I'm, and I'm a purist too, so I don't love everything that I that I hear from him. So. <laughs> oh, this that would be an interesting conversation to listen to. <laughs> well, Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you got a lot ahead of you before you get to Calvin, but thanks for uh, chatting with us about the about, about the team and about the games. And yeah. it's a, and as always, we give the coach award. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Um. Uh, just thanks to you, Dave, and, um, you know, the opportunity to talk with you tonight and and just for your, you know, consistent coverage of D3 uh, basketball, both on the men's and, and women's side. Um, you know, just talking about D1 right now, they don't have something like this. So this is, you know, D3 is a special, you know, close-knit community and family, and um, I know a lot of people appreciate, you know, this, this avenue that, that you and, you know, Pat have built and, um, you know, getting out the stories and the behind the scenes looks of our teams and coaches and, and student athletes. So it's, um, it's just awesome. And, and you're, you know, we appreciate you, um, very much. So, so thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that coach, especially coming from you. Uh, good luck this weekend. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing it. Unfortunately, I can't be there and they haven't figured out how to multiply me. And to be honest with you, oh. I'm glad they haven't, but, um, congr good luck. Wish you luck. And, talking to you somewhere down the road. All right. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Carla Barubi joining us from the fourth-ranked Tough Jumbos, 29-2, 9-1 in the NESCAC this year. Their only two losses were to Amherst. In, but put it this way. You take those two games and combine the score, you get your normal basketball game. Think about that for a So Amherst wins the first one, 36-35, and wins the second one, 41-37. A grand total, it would have been 77 to 72. <laughs> I mean, they literally played two halves of basketball. Absolutely crazy. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show now. I uh, had a few questions. Thank you, Ronk, for your question about the Scranton defense. That's outstanding. Um, but thank you to everybody else also who uh, who joined in and jo joined us. We're going to wrap up the show now. Um, just going through real quick to see if there's any other questions by chance that may have come in. Uh, again, I encourage you, if you're near Grand Rapids and want to see Make the trip, even if it's a couple hours. Go watch these women's teams. Can, you've got some of the best teams in the country. St. Thomas is undefeated, not because it's a fluke, because they're darn good. Amherst, we know, is darn good. Tufts has proven that they are darn good. Um, and Christopher Newport did a tremendous job 
to get to where they are. I mean, the size that Christopher Newport has is going to be something that Amherst has not seen before. You have nine players who are five foot ten or taller, and six of them are six foot or taller. That's something that's unique, and these are going to be good games at Calvin. Go check them out. And on the men's side, again, the Northwest Conference ever to get to the championship weekend in Whitman. They only burst on the scene on a national level a season and a half ago. Um, we've certainly known them for longer, but on a national scale, it was a season and a half ago. They got to their first NCAA tournament last year, and here they are undefeated for the second straight year we have an undefeated team in Salem with a legitimate chance to win a national championship, just like Benedictine had a legitimate chance. You got Babson, who's got some incredible players on their team. Augustana, who completely retooled their team after losing so many seniors. This may be one of, of Gray Giovanni's best coaching jobs, plain and simple. And then uh, on the other side of that, you've got a squad who 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 was fought and, and made sure to get to the end the best way possible. It, Williams was the sixth seed in the NESCAC tournament. And are not in the NCAA tournament, I don't feel, if they lose to the quarterfinals at the very least, and maybe if they lose in the semifinals to Trinity. Think about that for a second. They get to the NESCAC championship basically to play themselves into the tournament, and they have taken advantage of every bit of that. It's almost like Syracuse a number of years ago in the Big East when they made that huge, miraculous run in the Big East, then got into the NCAA tournament and kept that run alive for at least for a few games. That's what we're looking at here. Syracuse last year. Geez, Syracuse last year made a run all the way to the championship weekend when they shouldn't have been there in the first place. This Williams team is going to be fascinating, and these matchups are going to be great. If you're near Salem, if you're near Grand Rapids, or you know what? Maybe you're not making a road trip. If you go see these games, they're going to be fun. And if you can't, go to d3hoops.com. We will have the links to the broadcasts. I am proud to say I'll be the analyst for the men's semifinals, all-star game, and championship game for Turner Broadcasting and NCA.com. Looking forward to that this year. Uh, third straight, I've been helping them out, but the first year kind of in a in, in total sense. We'll also have Hoops Hill courtside once again. Uh, I think the uniqueness is we will have Gordon Mann with us this year in Salem, and so we'll get a chance to dive into the women's side in the championship weekend a little bit more, even though we're at the men's broadcast. We're looking forward to that. also want to do a couple twists uh, and, and a little changes to our pregame schedule, especially ahead of the semifinal. Uh, so look forward to some of that coverage when it comes up. Also, J.J. Nekoloff has teased this one on our halftime uh, at yesterday's game between uh, Rochester and Whitman. Um First off, he didn't tease this. He basically said the championship banquet has been changed. The teams are going to go down to the Pinball uh, Museum in downtown Roanoke, right in the center of town, have this great kind of very low-key uh, event, uh, and then they're going to let them go play some pinball on some awesome pinball machines uh, and just have a run of the place. A, a great way of just letting everybody kind of let their hair down, as it were, and relax a bit. So looking forward to that. Coaches, if you're headed down and not involved in that event, Hoopsville... Um, uh, reception, for lack of a better term. Uh, you should have information from the NABC about that reception. If you don't, contact me, and I'll let you know what's going on that Thursday evening for all the coaches who are in town for the Hoopsville reception. Our way of thanking the NABC for their support of the show uh, as well. Uh, and then JJ teased that there have been some little things here and there in the arena that they have done to enhance the championships, they do this all the time in Salem. Every year or two, they make a change or something to bring in a, uh, a little bit more excitement, to add a little bit more drama. I don't even know 
they are, to be completely honest. I'll find out when I'm setting up on Thursday, but I don't even know. So we're looking forward to seeing what that will be. That's going to do it for us. I appreciate you tuning in. I don't see any questions, so we'll leave it at that. Um, a reminder, we will not be on the air Thursday. We've tried to do that in the past one, it kind of kills a lot of the material we're going to use on Friday, and I don't like repeating ourselves. And not to mention the fact we're so busy on Thursday getting ready for the weekend, plus the Hoopsville reception, that it's just too much. So we will not be on the air Thursday. We will be on the air Friday. We may go on the air two hours in front of the first semifinal. That is to be determined. I'm waiting to figure out some timing things, not even in our control. Some of the practices and when the timings and the walk-arounds work, I want to make sure we have the right timing. So we will do. We will be on an you know, hour and a half, two hours before the first semifinal. We will be on between both semifinals to quickly recap the first one and preview the second. And then we'll be after the second semifinal to wrap things up. We will then be on the air between the All-Star Game and the Championship Game to preview the Championship Game and then on the air after the Championship Game as well. As far as Hoopsville this Sunday, last year, due to a number of reasons, we ended up not doing Hoopsville on Sunday night. I haven't made a determination. We will have a finals Hoopsville either Sunday or Monday. We can't go any later than that due to my schedule and some other things that are going on. But either we will get back in town for a Sunday night show or we will do one on Monday to wrap things up. Uh, I want to thank everybody who tuned in. I want to thank all of our guests for appearing on tonight's show. Um, of course, some of them uh, having traveled uh, to take part. Uh, they were elsewhere, as it were. But I want to thank, uh, first off, Eric Bridgeland for taking the time yesterday to join me for a pre-taped segment. I want to thank Gord Mann for getting the interview with Jacob Johnson. And I want to thank those at Augustana for helping out with that. I want to thank Amherst for helping us get Hannah Hackley on the show. Nice to have her. Charlie Brock for taking the time uh, to talk about the ABC All-Star Game. And then Stephen Brennan and Car Carla Berube for joining us on the show. Carla Berube and her team obviously driving, uh, flying back from St. Louis today and taking the time to do that. I appreciate it. I want to thank their sports information direct uh, staffs as well for their help. That's going to do it for us. We'll be off the air. We'll join us back. Uh, if you're in Salem, by the way, and say hi. And I should have mentioned this earlier. Should have uh, should not have been my last comment, but I want to thank everybody at Marietta who came up to talk to me and say hello. Uh, so genuine from Rochester, from Whitman, from Marietta, and from uh, Hardin-Simmons. Those who saw me, it was wonderful to, to, to hear from people who watched the show, wonderful to uh, um, just, I was having uh, a little bit of a brunch at a local establishment and had a, a family come up of a player. I actually enjoyed that. It was very nice to, to hear from people that we don't get to see, if that makes any sense, uh, and understand the impact that our coverage has. So thank you for everybody who came up and said hello. If you are in Salem, yes, I will look busy. I'm warning you now. I know I'm going to look busy. But take the time. Say hello if you get the opportunity, even if it just gives me a chance to say a quick hello to you. But if I get another extra moment, I'll certainly say more than a hello. Uh, we'll have a few... Uh, kind comments with each other. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you for tuning in. You've been watching Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. I want to thank D3 the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches for their support of this show. Also, the City of Salem for their support. Again, I cannot encourage you enough to go to Salem or even Grand Rapids and check out the championship game. Salem does an amazing job. Grand Rapids doing it, I think, for the third time. Um, but 
this is what they do. So if you want a great experience, definitely go and check that out. Um, and of course, I want to thank George Fox, who is our first uh, uh, advertiser on the show, and we hope first of many. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to sign off. See you on Friday night. If not, we'll see you back here for the season wrap-up as well. You've been watching Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Good night, everybody, and enjoy the championships of Division Three basketball.